Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Countdown to Green. Hello everybody and welcome along to the Michelin Countdown to Green. It's just on, a little before actually, 6 o'clock here in the UK. Uh, That means it's a little before 2 o'clock. It's Sebring, Florida on East Coast time. We should have been in the middle of the 2020 Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by the Sebring organisation on that classic old track presented by Advanced Auto Parts and we're not because of world circumstances so we're going to bring you this afternoon the next best thing with 90 minutes of racing and a packed grid 50 GT Le Mans cars with 50 IMSA drivers single car qualifying to come later on the cars are out on the circuit at the moment for uh, some free practice we'll bring you the details of what's going on from that in a moment and you probably if with a bit of luck will be able to hear what's going on with those cars out on the track uh, at the moment as well but let me introduce my co-commentators today both with considerable experience of online sim esports call it what you will virtual racing uh, we have from, well, a number of things, including Ben uh, Constantinus, who's joining us. World's fastest gamer you've been involved in. So this is right up your alley, isn't it? Absolutely. I absolutely love a bit of sim racing from back in the early days when I was racing on Grand Prix Legends as a kid. Oh, Jeff Drammen's got, classic. I got my steering wheel kind of confiscated from me when I grew up to about 19 years old and have never managed to get one back in my, in my bedroom. But this, I think, might be the time to get back uh, involved and, and ever since obviously being commentating in real world but also in uh, the virtual world on various different uh, platforms and competitions uh, and Nick Damon you jumped in and did some WFG as well uh, you've done a lot of RC racing as well and in fact you got so excited uh, about this that you have booted yourself up with an iRacing account and bought uh, wheels and pedals and, and I, were driving this course last night. I have decided that I may have some time on my hands in the next few weeks, so uh, <laughs> it's a chance to uh, to uh, have a... I have got the space in my house now, Ben, so I've managed to get myself some pedals. And uh, interestingly, I didn't have a PC, but um, as you know, what I should be doing this summer is going around Europe streaming live RC events using a very powerful streaming PC, which is now running iRacing Excellent. instead. Yes. Uh, you can hear in the background cars on the circuit at Sebring. That gets you 
into the mood here as you join us live on RS2 IMSA Radio for the VP Racing Fuel Broadcast Centre. We're in the Michelin countdown to green. Still to come, we'll have our Porsche at Keys to Race with simulcasting on RS3 as well. So you can take uh, us with you wherever you are in the world. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, that's at IMSA Radio on Twitter. Uh, and... Uh, Coming up in half an hour, sorry, I'm, I'm too busy watching what's going on at the track, you see. I'm already enthralled in it. Uh, coming up later on, we go live in sound and vision with our colleagues and friends at iRacing. We're building a fantastic relationship very quickly uh, with uh, Drew and the rest of the team. Drew Adamson has been looking after us for the last couple of days. Ben and I had a fantastic technical test yesterday uh, with Drew uh, during the afternoon. And Ben, you and I were seeing just uh, how professional Drew and the rest of the team have been. Uh, to be quite honest, we've had uh, we've had far less uh, comprehensive production meetings going into major international TV broadcasts, haven't we? Yeah, I don't I don't want to spend too much time comparing real to virtual, but the things that you're able to do in the virtual world that you are unable to do in real life means that actually it's a very compelling view and you really feel uh, engaged and, and part of the action. So uh, the guys at iRacing and RaceSpot TV as well have made such an effort to make the visual experience look so pretty, uh, the camera angles so um, so much more inclusive than, than even a WEC or IMSA event because they can put cameramen everywhere and they don't have to pay them. They can put as many cameras as they need to. Don't have to run uh, fibre. Don't have to run fibre either. Uh, uh, most, of the, most of the camera positions you'll see today will be the ones you're used to seeing on television. Drew's worked very hard on that. Hello to Mike Perrin, who's uh, tweeted at IMSA Radio. He says, I know what you guys normally say, but from now on, is it going to be, if it has a server and they keep score? <laughs> uh, you may be right, Mike. At IMSA Radio, please, if you want to get in touch with us. 50 drivers signed up as soon as they heard. There's a few normal Notable absentees here. Hello to Nick Tandy, who didn't get his entry in quick enough and is one of the 20-plus drivers who were on the waiting list this weekend. Extraordinarily so. At the moment, it's Nicky Katzberg, who has the best time, I think, of a 156.6. Just looking through the timings at the moment. Yeah, Nicky uh, driving a BMW. It's only... uh, GT Le Mans cars, BMW has 20, Porsche, the RSR has 20, uh, Ferrari with three and Ford GT with six. But Nick Damon, the spread of talent here, we were having a quick chat with Alexandra Premat and Tristan Vautier before they went out to, to practice, and we really were, and we didn't even have to move. It's a bit like being at Marion's. If you sit at Marion's long <laughs> enough, the whole grid comes back. I've got, got, got a lovely, lovely meal and a couple of biscuits. Excellent news. Well, you, you know you're fine for that. But the, the quality of driver here, 50 real-life IMSA drivers. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we have got some, some genuine household names in the, in the motor racing world. But, you know, it goes Nicky Katzberg, Bruno Spengler. Um, and this is how they Richard. stand at the moment. Richard Highstand, Jesse Cron, uh, Robbie Forley, Richard Westbrook in the 109. Now, we didn't have a number assigned to Richard earlier on, so mark that one down. Corey Lewis, Sage Caram. Now, we've got to talk about Sage Caram because he is the man, and Ben, you particularly understand this, uh, you and Nick understand this much more than I do, 
Um, Sage Caram's got the best iDrive rating, iRacing driver racing, and he's one of only two drivers that are over 5,000. The other one being Shinya Mishimi, um, the former Lamborghini um, champion in, in the States. Uh, and over 5,000 is a pretty good driver racing to have. Uh, is it not, Mr. Constantinos? Yeah, Sage actually has competed in some professional uh, events. There is actually one level above the ABCD iRacing rating uh, that you are awarded by the amount of races you've done, how you finish those races, if you've been safely going through those races. Sage has actually been a P, which is a pro, and has competed in pro events across the world. I, I met him last at the Sim Racing Expo in Germany. Uh, where he was competing for uh, his particular team. He's also raced at uh, Porsche um, when they did their own um, eSports breakout a couple of years back. So, yes, he is the one with the most experience. He's done over 500 road races on iRacing. Brilliant to have the stats available to you straight away because they're obviously all linked on the mm. server and on the system. Uh, and his uh, some of his records are, are absolutely fantastic. I think it's... Uh, 30% of all laps led. Amazing. Wow. And this, the second driver that I mentioned there, Shinya Mishimi, uh, real world IMSA driver uh, as well, of course, came up through the uh, Lamborghini uh, and Lamborghini Evo single manufacturing championship. He's done some IMSA races uh, as well. Uh, all real world drivers. There's and a... he's up over 5,000 as well. Yeah, then. but the interesting point about that, there is a second uh, scoring rating as well and that's called your road safety rating or basically how good how courteous a race you are how few mistakes you make and I'll give you an idea that uh, Shinya actually has the maximum Shinya, yeah. you can get 4.99 which is the maximum rating you can get I'll give so you an he's idea. clean yeah. he doesn't Sage fall Karam, off he doesn't hit anybody 2.53 right. which is literally one lap above being a rookie so I, I I now have done one eye racing proper race this morning I'm already on 2.66 I'm a cleaner racer than Sage and I will say in the program, look out for Antonio Felix de Costa, mm. who has the worst rating of anyone for, fair, for, for safe driving at 1.7, I think. So, um, yeah, 7.79. Uh, of all the guys who've run any number of races, it's, uh, it's Antonio who, I mean, if you've been watching Formula E, that's not going to surprise you. Uh, and just hearing news <laughs> coming in from Joao Barbosa, and here's the first big story of the weekend. He won't be able to participate. He's got a mechanical problem. Uh, his wheel has stopped working. He's tried everything and it's still dead. Timing couldn't be worse for uh, technical problems. Wow. Oh, he was one of my favourites. Uh, I think he was a bit of a dark horse. Uh, that means we've only got 49 drivers. Can we Can we get Nick Tandy in at a late stage? That's the question. There is well, a waiting we've list. We've lost here. one of our very few Ferraris as well. Because yes. uh, Jao was, was running in the 4, 488. So uh, we're down to what, two now Ferraris? Yeah, just two Ferraris running after Joao has pulled which, which out. Which is odd, really, because the reason he wouldn't run a Ferrari is it, it normally is a ridiculous cost of spare parts. Well, they're free, so no, it's fine. It, it's, <laughs> in, in fairness, it's a very well-balanced car. I'm surprised, even though I'm a Porsche fan, that so many people are taking the GT, uh, the RSR, because that can be a very twitchy car. All big lot up going down by Richard Westbrook into turn seven. Almost took out one of the Porsches there, and he's quit back to the pits. Uh, as he made a mistake going into the hairpin. This is all free practice that's going on at the background at the moment. There will be single car qualifying uh, in about 20 minutes' time. You're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live from the VP Fuel Broadcast Centre. 
Sebring, Florida, the venue for our racing excitement today and we'll bring that 90 minute contest to you all live coming up still we have the Porsche keys to the race a lot of people asking us about the the rules and regulations here and they are key as always um, one of the things that experienced sim race has been asking about is the uh, damage uh, we are running Nick, a, a damage yep. simulation this weekend, full tyre degradation uh, as well. And when we get to the key to the race, we'll talk about yeah. that in a moment. But damage, let's talk about damage at the moment. Well, the damage model is, is quite clever because it, it starts off by being kind of inconvenient. So one of, the, one of the things it will do initially is make it so your steering wheel isn't straight ahead when you're going straight, which is yeah. good. But, but then eventually it does begin to actually degrade the performance of the car, handling goes off, and it's quite a clever system. And, of course, you can have the chance not to fix it. So you can come into the pits. You, you actually, interestingly, you know how long it's going to take to fix. And say this, this, this job will take X amount of time. Uh, and you'll come in, you'll sit stationary, and they will fix it, and your car will go out as good as new. And depending on the damage, it could be 30 seconds, could be a minute. If you blow an engine, you told me it's 45 minutes. Yes. Uh, but if you do have a massive accident and plant it in the wall and have to be towed back, that's a two-minute penalty plus the towing time. So in a 90-minute race, realistically, you're going to have to run almost as clean as possible to have any chance of getting out on that uh, podium. Let's talk about the... Let's go through our Porsche keys to the race, gentlemen if we should the first one is fairly obvious there are 50 cars out there it's going to be fast and furious stay on the lead lap no cautions now what do i mean by that uh, as far as that's concerned well stay on the lead lap ben that's that's very obvious to stay in contention um but we're not going to see the safety car out at sebring this afternoon no, we do not simulate the uh, the ability to use a safety car, so there is no way to rebunch up, and that's uh, that's so key. You know, it's in so many endurance races, you have that uh, situation halfway through a race, 30 minutes into a race, where the gaps concertina go back into each other, an opportunity perhaps to pit, but uh, on iRacing we don't have that, and therefore uh, any time you start losing, it, it's very hard uh, to then get back. Just going quickly to what Nick was saying about the damage, though. You can choose to, to continue to drive on yes. if the damage you don't feel is slowing you down as much. And that, again, very much comes into strategy. Do you want to spend the time to fix the car or do you want to just drive on through that damage? And the tyres, Nick. Uh, yes. Well, the race is 90 minutes. Yep. The tyres don't quite last 90 minutes. They, they degrade. It's, it's a very accurate model. And, and it models. So that's about a stint and a half in the real world. Yeah. You could probably get two stints out of them, but not two stints at full speed. And this effectively is a sprint race. So that's, that's the thought. So you really, and, and you are left with the concept. I, I am going to have to make a pit stop. Everyone has to stop for fuel. There's quite a wide window. It's uh, probably from half an hour to an hour. You can actually stop about 60. I'm talking to some of the drivers. They say Richard Westbrook, who, as we know, have got the softest feet in history with those pink fluffy driving boot slippers that he wears he said to me 65 minutes absolute tops so you have to decide when to stop the fuel and then you have to decide if you can do it on a single stint with the tyres or whether you're going to change them and of course the pit strategy here is old fashioned Le Mans and new fashioned Le Mans but not IMSA so what they actually have to do is you do fuel then you do tyres Right. So it's one after the other. It's, there's no simultaneous change. So those two things are separate chunks of time in the pits. So if you don't, what Nick's saying there, dear listener, is if you don't put on tyres at the pit stop you're going to have to do, 
you're going to save around about just under 30 seconds, 27, 28 seconds in the pit lane. The question for me, Ben, on this, there will be one fuel stop. When do you take it? Not just what you do with the tyres, but when do you take it? The choice is... I suppose you've got three major choices. There's going to be no yellow flags to take advantage of. So either you come in, for my money, um, right at 30 minutes and know that you can fuel and go all the way to the end. You come in at 45 minutes and split the race into two and probably don't change tyres. The first two of those, I don't think you change tyres. No, probably if you're putting all that fuel back in you might change tyres and then go to the end yeah alright but then if you go 65 minutes and fuel with a short fuel and go at the end at that point you don't change tyres because your car's not too heavy which one's going to work out better and if it, you've seen a lot of this and you've seen a lot of these longer races what do you reckon what's the Let right tactic throw another one into the mix a, a variable that you cannot predict until you go into the race we've got 50 cars on the track it's going to be very busy uh, I would be looking to try and be very flexible and perhaps, you know, have a window that I can I can use, but uh, be open minded about when to use it. So if I am in traffic, uh, then perhaps find myself some clear air uh, by getting out of that traffic by pitting and then be able to put in some some fast laps. If it's within the window, there's such a huge flexibility with this particular race as to when to pit uh, that uh, that I don't think that you want to be going too far into the race uh, just before we lost Ben for uh, a moment there uh, just a little glitch on the connection however we're still uh, hearing what's going on um, what would be your choice Pete then uh, I, Nick? I think the point Ben was making is that the it's really uh, once you get out there you'll get a feeling about how easy or not it is to overtake and then you'll get a feeling about if I've got four cars in front of me, actually, I may save myself seven to ten seconds of not being stuck behind them. So that you know, alleviates the extra time. Well, the, the, you're absolutely right. The ideal time weight-wise is to go as long as possible, then refuel. You, you carry the amount of weight, the average amount of weight, the lowest amount. So it's an interesting situation, but I think yeah, traffic is key. I think that really is a very good point. Just a note on a couple of the BMW drivers, the two works BMW drivers uh, who we did mention, Nicky uh, Katzberg being uh, one of them, they are actually uh, both in the same place, I'm led to believe, uh, as well. Um, sharing setups. Because the yes. other thing, remember, is, is, is the other thing about these cars is whilst they, you, where you get them and download them and paint them and... They obviously have all the setup options that a, a real car has. And one of the key things about it, of course, is that they those setup options also, as with full-scale motor racing, will affect tyre wear, John. So they can you can set a car up, which is you know, a little bit lighter than its loafers, uh, in an attempt to try and stretch out those times. So it's, it, it's, it, it's so much more to this. This is probably where the experienced racing drivers, the experienced sim racing drivers, are going to have mm. the advantage. Not actually on going around the circuit, because these are all professional racing drivers. Like, I'm sure they can convert a lot of their skills very quickly, but it's the fact that these guys will know, the, the, the experienced sim guys will know what they need to do on setup. They'll know what bits work in the virtual world. Well, is a useful thing to have, how you can actually you know, finesse the car by actually changing setup as well. I mean, the dashboard driving itself, I mean, watching a number of cars go around has been pretty impressed by all the guys. Uh, just a, a note as uh, free practice is coming to an end and we're going to single car 
qualifying. Um, Joao Barbosa is out of the race, had a wheel problem. Uh, he's just tweeted through and he's copied us in here at, uh, in, at IMSA Radio. Thanks very much to Angela and Greg from iRacing for trying to fix my problem, but I'm just going to be watching now. So Joao Barbosa, if you missed that earlier, is out of the race. So only now 49 cars, only 49 cars, uh, and now only three, uh, two rather, of the three Ferraris that we were expecting. Um, Ben's, uh, ben Constantinus is joining yes. Nick Damon uh, and me, John Heindorf. Our exec producer up in London is uh, Tim Graham, and we're sure we go in the world. Remember, we'll go live in sound and vision in just a... Uh, Round about 12 minutes time. I thought actually we'd come to the end uh, of the uh, practice session, but it sounds to me as though we've uh, still got cars out on the circuit at the moment. Nick, you've still got timing. Nobody's beaten uh, Nicky's time, have they? Nicky Katzberg. Uh, he was up there, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's still leading. Uh, it's Katzberg from uh, Robbie Foley in the Turner BMW in its classic colours. Then Bruno yeah, Spengler. Bruno Spengler. Uh, Sage Caram, Dark Horse. It's a rolling start, by the way, and the first non-BMW. Two Porsches. This is just practice, remember. Richard Highstand, he's got a decent rating as well, actually, Richard. So... The number eight of Sage Caram and the 14 of Richard Highstand. Then Jesse Cron, another BMW. Then Daniel Morad, of course, he's in a Porsche. The number seven car. Top ten made up of Marco Bertolotti uh, in the triple eight in eighth. And Richard Westbrook in the Ford in ninth position. Uh, as we come towards yeah, the end of the Sorry, to, go ahead, to, Ben. To, to consider here going into this race is, OK, they're all in different cars that we can visually see. They all have their own handling characteristics, but so do the wheel and pedal sets that you drive. So depending on what kind of setup these drivers have at home or wherever they might be driving, I did read uh, there was one driver, Jeff Siegel, I think, uh, who's gone down to his local uh, sim racing facility in Miami uh, and is driving there. I think I know which one that is, and it's got a very high quality setup. You know, the setup of the steering wheel and pedals will give you a certain feedback. Uh, uh, in a way that a different car would or a different seating position would. So uh, that's something we can't see. We don't have that information as to uh, what rigs these drivers are particularly using. I do know that Nicky Katzberg's rig, uh, built in uh, built in Budapest, uh, is circa 30,000 euros. Wow. So uh, he's got a serious piece of kit there. I imagine some of the newer drivers, some of the rookie drivers, are probably on some slightly cheaper facilities for this evening less expensive i think <laughs> it's like it's motor racing it's uh, yeah more economically uh, funded <laughs> yeah yeah extraordinary stuff at imsa radio place if you'd like to get in touch with the touch with us here at the uh, vp racing field broadcast center um going to put you on the block now you guys um you're looking at qualifying times at the moment at the moment 26 katzberg bmw foley then spengler 96 and 25 then Sage Caram, then Richard Highstand, Jesse Cron, Daniel Morad, Triple Eight is Merkel Bortolotti, uh, who's in a Porsche. Uh, Richard Westbrook is the first of the Fords in ninth position in the 109, and making up the top 10, Corey Lewis in another of the Porsches. Um, 
with what you've seen, with the stats that you've got, it's obviously, Nick, going to be better to be at the front of the field. So single car qualifying, which starts in a couple of three minutes' time, going to be very important. Yeah, and, and by single car qualifying, we don't mean all 50 cars are going to go out one at a time and it'll take, uh, you know, about four hours. It just <laughs> means that the actual track's empty. Because obviously, when they're practising, all the other cars are practising with them, so it's a full track. Uh, they'll go out one on their own. They'll have two laps uh, to qualify in, uh, two flying laps. Uh, and their best time, as with all qualifying, will go to, to form the grid. So, and interestingly, I think the, the track is continue to evolve one of the things they, they actually simulate is the evolution of the track so all this rubber and muck that's been laid down in practice that's staying there there's a sec- there's a setting in i racing where you can clear the marbles away after each session but mm. they're not doing it it's going to get dirt. it's got, got the grime from practice we're going to add to that the grime from qualifying before we start a whole hour and a half of grime from the races by the end the tracks will be very very different Dan Fly says, uh, are the drivers going to be working with a strategist during today's event? And thanks to whoever put this together. Um, I, I think for this shorter race, probably not. But that's not beyond the bounds of possibility. And certainly guys that I know, Ben, who do the longer, the 12 and the 24-hour races, they do task someone as quote-unquote a team manager strategist to have a look at what's going on and when they should and shouldn't be pit-stopping. Yeah, imagine a lot of these drivers and a lot of these teams stream their own races. So they've got their own profile, uh, what they're looking at, and therefore you can see what kind of settings that they're using. Data that probably we won't see today, no. but data that you can see if you're looking at their individual feeds. So you'll have a, a team manager who'll be monitoring as many teams as possible to see what they're doing and then to be able to advise their particular team on, on the, the strategy uh, elsewhere. There was a funny little anecdote uh, that came out of some sim racing from last Sunday. Uh, Neil Jarney was taking part in his first sim racing, the uh, uh, what is he? He's in Formula E right now for Porsche, um, and uh, and poor old Neil uh, didn't manage to fill up his car with enough fuel. Uh, so oh, really? Porsche Formula E team tweeted him the next day saying, "You need us on board next time you do this." Very, very good. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, that's important because you've got a lot to do when you're coming into the pit lane, and this is very pertinent with our Porsche keys to the race. In terms of when you take that fuel stop, Ben, if you're coming in at 65 minutes or certainly after the hour, you don't want a full fuel drop because you don't want the Mm. car to be heavy, particularly as you're probably not going to put a new set of tyres on at that point. So you're going to put it in at at, at litres. It feels like the real world at 2.95 litres per second. You make a slight mistake on um, what you're selecting on the menu in front of you and you're in trouble and you've got to have all your buttons set up on your steering wheel uh, to be able to change those different options depending on the car you might have up to 12 different settings that you can adjust at any moment and then come into the pits you have to select all those different things including you know changing the tire pressures on a new set of tires Sorry, that's my fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we've lost uh, lost Ben for a moment. Yes, a new set uh, of tyres. Uh, you can change the tyre pressure. They, as they you will come in. have a qualifying setup. All yeah. the all the experienced sim race will have a qualifying setup because they, what you need for two laps, obviously, John, is not what you need for an hour and a half. Um, you can obviously you need to actually run the tyres hard. You need to get those temperatures in quicker, a lot less fuel. They may even run very slightly different aero. And don't forget, these cars have all the settings. So you can, have, you can change the front and the rear aero. You can make them a bit slipperier. You can add, add a, obviously, in qualifying, normally you add a little bit more downforce because you are running on your own. And obviously, you might take a little bit off for the race. So you can uh, um, use the aerodynamic drag to get, they don't tow to get past people, so slipstream through. But uh, it is, you know, a... a 
effectively, really, if you think about what the engineers will do between final practice two, two or final practice three and the start of a, of a qualifying, that's what you can do within the sim racing world. That's what they'll be doing. They'll be sitting down, they'll be tweaking things, and, and as Ben's saying, it'll be tyre pressures, because when they go from qualifying to the race, they can put their race setup back on again. Rather than taking three hours in the garage, it takes one click of a bus, and, and that's why we can go from qualifying to the race in a couple of minutes. But yeah, so they'll be looking to try and get the, the fastest time, and it is absolutely vital. It, track position is king in any motorsport, but it's certainly in the sim racing around Seabury, which is a hard place to pass. Yeah. There's 49 cars now. You do not want to be on the grid in 49th. You've got two laps to do it, so you can't overdrive it. You've got to get one in the bank and then do a fast one. Yeah. And then the idea really is to be near the front as possible. Give yourself some form of chance. Yeah, and I mean, as, as we've mentioned many times, this is... Um, this is going to be effectively an enduro sprint or a sprint enduro because there's an element of tactics here about the pit stop and the tyre management. But much as many, most endurance races are pro level now, basically from the time you come off the pit lane speed limiter till the time you go back on, you're actually driving flat out. And that's exactly what's going going on here. Yeah, I think it, it, it is interesting to see whether, whether there is a, a need to... Uh, say the tyres, or whether driver, you know, it's on the drive, you go, no, I am going to have to change. I've worked out the quickest thing is to change. Therefore, I can have a really nice time effectively rooting these tyres in 45 minutes. I haven't got to be, I haven't got to be nice and neat. I can, I can dive every corner. I can really lean on them at every point and put some wear in the tyres because I know I'm going to change them. Driver B, May I be going? Okay, just go and take it easy. This is going to come to me at the end of the race. I've got these. I've got the 30 seconds I'm going to have in the middle of the race where I can, I can work with. I'm not being forced. And you know, it's those strategy decisions which go obviously going to play out over an hour and a half rather than the four to six hours we normally see in the endurance racing. That is going to be so key because we're not going to know. No one's going to. No one's going to say. It's going to turn, well, it might 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 send us a text message. Go. You know, I'm going to go long. I'm going to go short. I'm going to stop. I'm not because it, I mean, it will be quite fluid. And it's possible also that they'll get out in the race and they have the feel. They can feel how how the car is. They may get to a point and actually think, hang on, you know. This is not going as well as I thought it was. I'm, I'm obviously burning through the tyres more than I thought I was. So they'll then change, or vice versa. And again, when they stop, when the fuel stop is going to depend very much on uh, on what they, they need to do regarding this uh, overall positioning in the race. So they're now going to be beginning qualifying soon. That'll be... Um, well, it's, it's, it's actually probably starting uh, about now. It might have even already started. I'm just waiting to see... Uh, some evidence of that on the timing There are cars screen. out because I've got I've got I've got speed traces for some Excellent. of the cars. Um, I haven't got any. T- so no one's completed a section or a, or a, a lap yet. Um, they were they they come out in all. I tell you, the first person out of the, the pits is uh, Richard Highstand. But beyond that, I can't uh, give you any more direct information what's happening. Wait to see when the screens come down. Richard uh, Highstand, uh, one of the real life IMSA drivers. Everyone stood. I think pretty much everybody. Uh, on this grid uh, has done some form of IMSA, uh, either the current IMSA or the previous version of of IMSA um, or Grand Am uh, in their racing career. Getting a selection of drivers now who have completed their outlaps. So Tyler Cook... um, uh, We have Felipe Albuquerque, Mark Wilkins, Harold Gottsacker, uh, Ryan Howard, Kenton Koch, Koch, sorry, 
and Santino Ferrucci are all now on their, on their as is uh, Raquel and Bleekerman, are all on their flying laps now. So, that's our Michelin countdown to green. Thanks for joining us uh, for that here in the VP Racing Fuel Broadcast Centre. Uh, we may have a Michelin post-race tech that hasn't actually been decided yet. Very much depends on what drivers we might get and what talking points we have. We'll let you know that during the race. Keep in touch with us, please, at IMSA Radio. And coming up next, we go live in sound and vision as we pull, as I always say, the endurance racing community together around the world. Not for the 12 hours of Sebring, the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring presented by Advance Auto Parts, as we expected. But we do have live racing coming next in sound and vision. IMSA Radio, your route to American sports car racing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sebring International Raceway in Central Florida. This venerable circuit, uh, which was turned into a motor racing track after its Duty as Hendrick Field during the Second World War, training bomber pilots to go and fight, held its first race in on New Year's Eve 1950. And my goodness, if this concrete could talk. Not the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring for us this weekend, but 90 minutes of action with a stellar grid of drivers. All in one category, the biggest field of GT Le Mans cars ever assembled in real world or indeed in the virtual. Right in the middle of Florida, a beautiful time to be around at Sebring with the smell of orange blossom in the air. 17 corners, 3.74 miles with action areas down to turn one on the bumps. Heavy braking at turn seven in front of the new... 7 Sebring Hotel, or newly named. Turn 10, uh, that's uh, Cunningham Corner. And then, of course, turn 12, Tower. And then all the way back down towards turn 17. It's called Sunset. We won't get to see the sun setting today as we're running the sim in real time. And that means that we should have decent weather. I said if this concrete and tarmac could talk the concrete sections of this circuit are exactly as they were when sir jack brabham pushed his car across the line to make it finish exactly as they were when the world sports car championship came here in its early uh, early iteration in 1953 cars are out for uh, the Single car qualifying, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together with our colleagues from iRacing. If you're listening on RS2 and you haven't got it up now, uh, we do have vision for you on uh, Mixer and on also, also on the iRacing YouTube channel. Nick Damon and Ben Constantjuris are with me, John and It's good to have the company. Nick Damon already seen some cracking times here on board with Roman D'Angelis. That's the engine you can hear in the background of the Porsche specialist from the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and he's been twice a winner 
in Porsche Cup Championships. It's Nicky Katzberg who set the fastest time so far, and he, in fact, in the BMW, was quickest as well uh, in the free practice that ended not so very long ago. Yeah, he's a uh, leading, I think, teammate, fellow BMW driver or virtual driver, uh, Bruno Spengler. He's got a lead of about three thousandths of a second, so it's not an awful lot, is it, really? Uh, oh, no, Robert, Robbie Foley has just gone to the top of the timesheets with a 56.354. That's a, just under a tenth quicker than another BMW. So it's a BMW lockout, top three for the BMW M8 GT, and then two Porsches. Uh, and Ben Constantius, uh, are you back with us? Says I'm connected to him. Oh, no. You see, this is the problem of not Ooh. just being able... Oh, big shunt out on the circuit there for one of the 20 BMWs. Let's uh, see if we can pick out who that was. Meantime, Michael Johnson in the distinctive uh, black, yellow and red colours. I think that was a 94 of Tom O'Gorman. OK, well, Tom O'Gorman is a, is a qualifying um, specialist uh, in... TCR normally in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, he is a one-lap demon. Normally gets pole position literally with one flying lap. And Michael Johnson running in colours relatively familiar. Let's go back and find out what happened to that was BMW question? turn. Uh, on the far side of the circuit up towards Tower, it was the, no, it's the 85. 85. It's the 85. Sorry, I, I, I have Ooh, spoken that was out. A, that's Tristan Vautier, who we were talking to earlier on. He yeah. says he's been getting a bit of uh, practicing in the last few days. Didn't good help him there. Too. Good news is that will buff out with just a pressing of an escape button and a restart, but he will lose any he'll chance lose to qualify. Well, he'll lose chance to qualify because he, he'll effectively, when you go back at the pitch, you start your second flying lap from the pit. So... That will, uh, unfortunately, as Tristan has, has sneaked in a quick one, uh, resign him to the back, very much towards the back of the grid, unfortunately. Uh, and Ben Constantius is back with us. Um, sorry, Ben, that was my finger trouble uh, earlier <laughs> on. A lot of pressure on these drivers here in qualified. Yeah, one lap to get through. Interesting to see some of the performances uh, of some of our leading contenders. The gaps are large, much larger than we saw in practice. OK, very tight between Robbie Foley and Nicky Katzberg at the head of the field. Sebastian Prio's doing a really good job. He's a C-rated driver. Doesn't have that much experience mm. uh, on iRacing. He's the first of our C-rated drivers. If you're kind of like an unofficial uh, driver grading, um, if you like bronze and silver in, in uh, different types of, of motorsports. So he's the best of the C classes. Uh, Jesse Crone's been very impressive, uh, even in practice, and he's best of the B class drivers in fifth. Uh, and Felipe Nazra, best of the uh, rookies, uh, who's just been passed actually by Jared Andretti, but Nazra down in 17th spot. I'm interested to see if we ever get Antonio Felix da Costa. Uh, because he's uh, actually participating in another race at the moment, uh, somewhere completely different to Sebring, although uh, he's actually in the same country, so that could work out for him, but okay. he may be a late starter. Qualifying is over, gentlemen, uh, and it is Richard Highstand on pole position. By the way, Tristan Forty had already done a 57.8, so he has got a time in at least. So uh, Richard Highstand with Porsche uh, on Oh, excuse me. My apologies. Uh, let's uh, have a look at the grid. And that's just been updated for Robbie Foley and Nicky Katzberg uh, on the front of the grid. With row two, is 
Bruno Spengler on the inside and Sage Karam. He's the man who's got the best driver rating. Uh, row four, Sebastian Prio and Kenton Cook with Triple Eight, Mirko Bortolotti and Shinya Mishimi, the man who normally drives uh, Lamborghinis very quickly, twice the Lamborghini champion, and he's got the second best iRace rating in this race. Only two drivers over 5,000, Shinya and Sage Karam. Gabby Chavez and Corey Lewis are on road six and the 33 and the 101. Row seven, Daniel Morad. Uh, Daniel is a dark horse here, as is Richard Westbrook in the first of the Fords, the 109 car. It's mainly black. Richard makes fuel, goes a long way, and there will be one pit stop here. Tom O'Gorman, who we saw having that incident with a 57-5, uh, uh, had got that lap in early before we saw it with the problem. Uh, Jarrett Andretti in the black number 22nd. Seven Porsche, son of John Andretti. We welcome him uh, to the championship race. Going further back down on the 10th row, Tristan Fortier and Dakota Dickinson. Then it's Alex Premat and Philippe Albuquerque. Uh, then Michael Lewis and Ben Waddell in row 12. That's about, what, halfway down the, not even halfway down the grid. Santino Ferrucci and Dan Clark. That is speedy Dan Clark. Uh, who has done a couple of IMSA races, including at Daytona. Harold Godsacker, normally in a Hyundai this weekend, uh, driving GT Le Mans machinery with Nick Bull, another one of our Michelin pilot drivers as we scroll through. Nico Rondé, uh, Sim Raceway instructor, of course, over at Sonoma with Roman DeAngelis alongside him in the Porsche. Tyler Cook and Parker Chase are on 17. Yes, that Parker Chase, NASCAR as well as a sports car driver. James Vance, and Mark Wilkins heading towards the further back of the grid now. These guys have all got things to do with Ryan Hardwick and Michael Johnson. Then Jerome Blake-Amall and further back on the grid than he's probably ever been in his career with Mark <laughs> Allen and Stephen McAleer. I'm very surprised to see Stephen that far back. His younger brother, very good as well. Harry Tinknell in the Ford number 55. Then Seth Thomas and right at the back, James Pesek and Dalton Kellett. So not quite a full grid uh, there as we are rolling on the warm-up lap. 46 cars took uh, the... Well, to take the flag, unless there may be a couple of cars that didn't actually qualify, which may just crawl out the back. But certainly when you're 20 rows back, there's a lot of cars you'll be trying to see before yeah. you even see the pace car. Watch out for anybody starting from the pit lane. We might yet see that for people who've had problems. So there is the safety car leading them around it will be a rolling start here and 90 minutes here at Sebring it looks pretty sunny and no sign of cloud this track changes massively if there's a little bit of cloud remember the, the track was clean before an hour's worth of free practice then quali- then uh, timed practice and then qualifying but it hasn't been cleaned between the sessions so it is evolving all the time ben yeah absolutely and that will change the uh, the racing line especially you know exactly the same as what we see in real life the marbles forming on the outside of the circuit not a place you want to be thinning the line for overtaking as well and making sure that these drivers are as precise as they possibly need to be beautiful graphics beautiful representation of sebring back from the 2011 version when it was laser scanned to millimeter perfection and uh, that is what you're seeing here today for these guys uh, to enjoy in a 90-minute race. How many drivers, says Steve Wilkinson on at 
IMSA Radio have begged the real race engineers for tuning and setup <laughs> advice. Um, I, I know a team who set up world touring cars based on the information, at least a base setup, that they got from race simulation uh, on uh, a on uh, on iRacing uh, using iRacing as the platform well you'd rather be in the front of the field than at the back our Porsche keys to the race stay on the lead lap remember there's no further intervention from the Porsche safety car uh, you can't afford damage it will affect you and if you've got to get a tour back it's a two minute penalty plus plus the damage to be fixed tyres can you make them last 90 minutes it's a stint and a half and if you do what pace will you have at the end because you will have to make one fuel stop can't go much longer than an hour and five minutes here and that is going to be the big big strategic play here and we'll keep you up to date with our Porsche keys to the race Sebring looking splendid VP Racing Fuel Broadcast Centre online 50 IMSA drivers lined up, ready to go. The green flag is in the air. Fantastic jump by the turn of BMW down towards turn one for the first time. 50 GT Le Mans cars. Was there six wide there behind the leaders going into turn one? I think there was. 24 shuffled back just a little bit there. One of the BMW drivers and already there's been a shunt. That was one of the 20 Porsches in the race. Didn't quite catch who that was. Don't know if you guys picked it up there. 90 minutes on the clock, oh. and there's a tap at the front of the field, and a new leader, the BMW, went very sideways from Turner Motorsport, the number 96 car there, Tyler Cook, uh, Robbie Foley, excuse me, so what was the BMW, it was Jesse Cron, who was going backwards a little bit there, Mark Allen in the 104 car, right up the front of the field, for a moment, BMW's leading out, as they head round the back of the circuit for the first time, the number 25 is Bruno Spengler in the second of the red, white and black Mark machines. Mark Allen scored in the lead at the moment. And is that Mark Allen who's at the front? Yes, it is. It is the 104 car. They're wearing the same team colours, which I'm not complaining about. The BMW M Sport black car in third place is the number 25 of Bruno Spengler. Then in behind that, that's a Porsche. Uh, yeah, I think Mark Allen is a, is a mistake. Uh, he's apparently leading by a whole lap. So it is uh, Katzberg and Spengler thank you. teammates with the same livery leading. And it, I think uh, it was Katzberg with that little bit of contact that makes more sense. To, to move Robbie Fowler, who's fun in the background as well. Robbie Foley's gone round again. So it's been an awful first lap for Turner Motorsport. The crotch belt won't like that uh, at all. And there is the Turner Motorsport car on the side of the road at the Jean de Bienne Benz. He'll do a flick turn, but he's lost a huge amount of ground. Now, the question is, is there damage there as well? Big battle further down the field. That's Sage Caram in the eight. And Sage in the Porsche with the white front, the black midsection and the red back. And in behind him is the BMW, one of the multitude of M8s. And that is Jesse Cron who's trying to come back through after getting slightly pushed down the field. Sebastian Prio should be the next car back, and he's now the first of the Ford. So Seb's had a decent run in that first lap. Good start there from Prio. He's nicely painted in a, in a light shade of white with a different body shell as well, so easy to pick up. But yeah, there was certainly some, some comings and goings in the first couple of laps, it has to be said. And, and, and 
it was interesting that the big loser was the Turner BMW painted car, which not only got nobbled out of the lead and then spun on his own. Well, did he spin on his own or did he get a little bit more help? Down to turn seven, the hairpin for the second time. The leader's already heading up towards Cunningham Corner. This has been a good start for the two BMW team drivers. They are very, very serious about this. BMW uh, actually do have an eSports programme and they are lapping this up, literally as well as metaphorically. That looks to me, though, Ben Constantinus, as though these two are driving as a team because there's there's no effort from the second-place car of Bruno Spengler to put any pressure at all on Nicky uh, Katzberg, the leader. Now, I watched Bruno Spengler take part in uh, a sim racing expo event uh, back at the Nürburgring last September, and he was quite useless at keeping the car on the road at that point. <laughs> I think he's done a lot of practice since then. This looks like much more solid drive, and to be matching Nicky Katzberg as well, really good stuff from him. Just to let you know, I think timing screen is working. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Foley down in 41st place, not last. We haven't had... Uh, Tinknell, Mark Allen or Jarrett Andretti over the start line for the first time so okay. perhaps problems for those three guys uh, but Foley is 41st and on the right hand side of the screen for those of you watching uh, who have sound and vision the battle for ninth is Richard High stand in the 14, Corey Lewis in the 101 Tristan Forty is there in the 85 and Kenton Cook in the 63, they're all battling together that's what we had a little shot of there they are going through the far side of the circuit now and picking their way through the early part of the track. The bright pink number 14 uh, is Richard Highstand. I think he, well, I was going to say dark horse. He can't be a dark horse when he's got a bright highlight, a pink and taupe <laughs> and a bright blue front end Porsche. Richard's got a decent driver rating and patience at this time, Ben Constantinus, is going to be very, very important as he rounds the hairpin at turn seven. Yeah, absolutely. This is a long race. One hour and 25 minutes still to go. Just work out what kind of fuel consumption your car's doing, how much you're using those tyres per lap, and you can start to compute a kind of a strategy. What's happening around you as well? So many uh, so many cars on the track. There are a couple of stragglers right at the tail of the field, but uh, timing and scoring kind of slightly confusing me right now as to what exactly is happening at the very tail of the field. Um, but... Ultimately, there seems to be one long string of cars right now, and therefore you're going to have to really get yourself uh, out of that string of cars if you feel like you're being held up by the guy in front. Here's what happened at the start of the race then, as we try and work out what happened. Certainly, the Andretti car was involved, and the Black 27 Porsche with a problem very early on. There he goes, down the inside to turn one. Hit the inside wall, I think. Uh, trying to make up too much ground and then nosed in very hard indeed. So Jarrett Andretti out before he'd even completed the first lap. Yeah. Traffic already for our leaders. Yeah, good spot with 50 cars around the circuit, Nick. That's going to happen. Certainly with the early lap stragglers, there'll be some number of knocks and bangs and a few of the guys will say, well, I'm going to get in early and just get this thing cleaned up and see what I can pick up in the remaining hour and a half. I'm not going to win, but let's see how far I can reclimb. But they will have spent some time in the pits, John, and they'll be, say, snaffled up by the, uh, the guys looking to lap them. 
I think that's Harry Tinknell, actually, who has been into the pits after a heavy crash uh, on the first lap. He is running, uh, but he's some one minute behind Felipe Nasra, his nearest rival. And it looks to be the first person that these uh, leading contenders are going to get on top of. They're going to have to trust that that car behaves itself when they're trying to overtake. First and second, Katzberg and Spengler lead out. Then it's the Porsche of Serge Khan, the number eight. Yessi Kron, the 24 BMW fourth. Sebastian Priol in fifth position for the first of the Fords. Then Mishimi in the 86 Porsche. Mirko Bottolotti in the 888 Porsche. Daniel Morad looking back from his Porsche. The first person that you see is Richard Highstand in the 14 with the pink and blue. He's in ninth and 10th is Corey Lewis. That's your top 10 with Kenton Cook just outside in 11th position. And a whole gaggle of Porsches. It's like six in a row by the looks of it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six or seven Porsches in a row. The uh, RSRs have all clumped together as a team uh, because they're all racing themselves and not necessarily pulling themselves along as the two BMWs in front are. Now, after so this the... car was built uh, and released last December. So it's been ah. around for about a year. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why it's the fa- one of the favoured cars to be chosen in this race, because as iRacing has progressed and as they've uh, built newer cars like the BMW M8 as well, uh, they've kind of slightly improved on the way that they simulate these cars. And so the older cars, uh, the Ferrari and the Ford GT, are, are less uh, used and popular because they're just older builds, effectively. This, uh, this is obviously the same car-ish that's used in the Porsche Super Cup they effectively iRacing World Championships, no. uh, and uh, it's a spectacular machine, very close to real life. Yeah, but presumably, though, if it's the RSR, uh, it's the one where they've changed the engine and the gearbox, so the dynamics of the cars be different. The, the Super Cup yep. car is the standard rear engine car, isn't it? So um, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain this is last year's uh, Porsche here. There's an upgrade on this car for 20. 20 in IMSA racing, although confusingly it's called an RSR 19. I, I was chatting to our resident iRacing expert, Mr. Mm. Joseph Bradley. Yeah. Uh, and he said, oh, the, 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 on these GTEs, the BMW M8 is a really pleasant, easy car to drive. Yeah. But if you get the RSR right, it's quicker. Yeah. But it's very, very... It, it's like many racing Porsches have been down through the years. When it's good, it's very, very good. When it's bad, it can be <laughs> very difficult and twitchy, particularly on the brakes. Battles going down into turn seven uh, at the moment. The number 67 Ford, brightly coloured there, leading a whole gaggle of cars, including the BMW uh, behind it. Yeah, that's Bortolotti, I think. Uh, Bortolotti in the triple eight. You're absolutely right. So that is... Ah, so that's Sebastian... That's not Sebastian Priot. Yeah. It's not the colour. Has he changed his colours since qualifying? He, because he had Multimatic uh, signage on the side of that car in qualifying. So Prio then... Is that further down the, fi- is that further down the field? That, there's definitely bought a lot of the triple eight there, isn't it? Could be lapping cars as well. Harry Tintle's been in the pits. Uh, Mark Allen's been in the pits as no, well. No, it's 198, and sorry. James... Uh, uh, let me just pick out who that was. Uh, here's a problem for... I think it's James Pesek. Yes, you're right, it is. Well done, good spot. Uh, it is. Uh, it was Michael Lewis, the 198, and Dalton Kellett in the car ahead. Now, this is what happened earlier on to the Porsche. That was a touch Ooh. going into turn number three on the number 104. 
Yeah, so he's a lap down, Mark Allen, already. Um, or is he two laps he's down? He's two, two laps, laps down, down now. Yeah, so he's had a bigger. Uh, he's already had a big accident and pitted, got it fixed, and he's still causing trouble uh, and causing trouble for some of our leading contenders as well. Let's look at some of the big movers in the early laps inside the top 20. Well, up a massive 26 p- positions is Speedy Dan Clark in the one or two. Uh, Porsche, he's gained 13 positions from a start position of 26. Tristan Vorty in the BMW 85 is one place ahead of him. He's gained seven positions. Uh, and inside the top 10, from 13th to 8th in the early laps, Daniel Morad um, is up uh, in the number seven Porsche. Shinya Mishimi up three from 10 to 7 in the 86. Those are the big movers early on. It's interesting though, you get to the point where it's actually Shinya who's kind of a little bit slower than the rest. The top of the table, the top uh, six cars have all been riding the 57s. Say that Sebastian dropped into 58 last time round, but uh, Shinya is a whole second lap slower than our leaders and dropping off a little bit. So it's, it is separating. You've got the two, the two BMWs, a little gap to Sage, and then a move a gap back. And so you get to Shinya now being dropped off the back of that top seven. Here's more problems for Mark Allen in the Porsche going, oh, he turned in too tight to the final corner. Ooh. At uh, <laughs> at turn 17, <laughs> it's just as bad when it's not costing any money, isn't it? Oh dear! He, he kind of turned in with the rear completely unloaded, and it Correct. just carried on turning far too tight than he really wanted to. But I think Mark is uh, is struggling a little bit uh, getting used to this. He is a rookie, uh, hasn't got a huge amount of experience in the in, in i racing whatsoever. In fact, uh, three days experience. So he's obviously logged on just for this race and uh, he's getting used to the the nuances of driving virtually rather than real next time we see the cars at the front of the field keep an eye on the livery hashtag steer home just for this race the bmws meantime the battle for third and fourth position has sage karen by far the best position porsche in the number eight car with jesse crone right up his tailpipes Further back at turn seven, a whole gaggle of cars still battling just on the lower reaches and outside the top ten, the bright number 14, pink car. Well, there's two pink cars together there. With the one with the blue front end nice move. is Richard Highstand and Kenton Cook is trying to come down the inside of him there in the similar coloured Porsche. And that may well let Corey Lewis in there as well in the 63, the mostly white Porsche as he heads up the inside for a moment, and I think that uh, I think that got through that. No, he didn't. He got he got repulsed. Despite right. all of them uh, going through the whole the Cunningham and the Collier and uh, Tower complex, the corners kept being the wrong way for the guy on the on the uh, the overtaking man. We end up yeah. on the outside of the corners, but it, very very close. And these Porsches and these drivers are so even. I tell you what, though, and Ben, you've seen this before, and we've seen it in real world racing as well uh, as in uh, online racing. The problem is when you've got a gaggle of cars like that, you make one attack. If it doesn't come off, you've got to defend straight away because everyone is so evenly matched. Especially through there. Luckily, he does have a little bit of uh, breathing space behind him. So if he, uh, if the attack failed, then he wouldn't lose a position and could get back onto the tail of that very, very pink machine. Uh, just looking at the timing screens, we have had our first retirement. Roman Delangelis uh, has retired after six laps. Oh, that's a very very disappointing run for the young Porsche prodigy was part of the Porsche shootout Porsche, the Porsche young shootout in the 
uh, off-season, won both the US and the Canadian Ooh. versions of the cup. Oh, and who was that off? Oh, that's what was that Prio? Prio, okay. yeah. That was Prio, I think, and there was a Porsche involved as well. So Sebastian Prio, all of a sudden, down to 11th position. Who else was involved there? Ooh. He's dropping further down. Huge shunt. With that is that's Mark Allen again. Getting in the way of the <laughs> That's black. Mark Allen who was being lapped for a third time, and going airborne in the blue and orange Porsche, and that's taken, I think... The black Ford GT. And Richard Westbrook as well is tumbling down the order. So that's both Fords. That's both Ford GTs. So it must have been Westbrook who got hit by or hit I think the was, 104, yeah. Because surely it black, there was a black GT. That no, got, Prios dropped way down as well. Prios spun in the white car. It was a yeah. black car that hit that um, wayward Porsche. Right, OK. So Prio and Westwood there at the same part of the track. The two favourite Porsche, uh, favourite Ford runners dropping down the field. And, and Stephen McAleer is also uh, in the pits. Uh, just come out of the pits, actually. So it could have been a routine stop for Too him. Too early. Just one minute. Uh, yeah, possibly. But he's only been in the pits a minute. Uh, he's back out on track now. Mason Felipe is another one to visit the pits, but just for 24 seconds. Now, that's interesting. That's too early. I think there's about another, certainly another seven or eight minutes before we get the guys and into the pit lane to be able to go to the end. And Richard Westbrook entered the pits as well, but he entered that by using the uh, the escape button. So he'll then be... So he's had a tour. So he's had a, basically had to come in and he'll have to sit there and uh, well, he'll be taking some uh, some time at this point. I'm not sure exactly how much time we'll find out, but he'll get his car repaired or he may decide that was it. But I mean, I'd like to see that, that instance again because he was completely involved with the back marker. So 20... Mark Allen has retired out the race, so he will cause no further uh, issue for us. There might, there might well be a sigh of relief from the rest of the field. Still a great uh, inter-Nissan Porsche battle going on. Seventh place is the number seven in works colours for Daniel Morad. Then the two pink machines behind him are Richard Highstand and Kenton Cook. Highstand with the blue front end to that car. Seventh, eighth and ninth absolutely together as Sebastian Prio does pit in the 15 Multimatic uh, for he, he did drive around. He did drive around, yeah. Oh, and oh. off down at the... Seventh corner, right in front of Seven at Sebring Hotel, and that was Richard Highstand. Now, did he jump or was he pushed? He had Kenton Cook right with him there. Ben, you were watching that. Was the contact? Didn't see if there was contact. It was hard to see, but certainly it seemed as though he was removed. Just lost the rear end enough to slide to the outside. I'm sure we'll pick up a replay in just a second. But he's managed to recover, and he's still in 12th position, so not too much loss there. He's dropped down ahead of Philippe Albuquerque, who is the Black and Flames Porsche in behind him. So that was that three Porsche battle for seventh position. We went to its spot on time at the head of the field. It's still Katzberg and Spengler. The two works BMW drivers, 26 and 27, with the hashtag stay home livery this weekend. I'm afraid Sebastian Prio is also retired out of the race <sighs> by the looks of things. Too much damage to, to fix. Let's go back to that incident at turn seven and see if we can work out what was happening. It was the battle for seventh position. The works coloured Porsche leading them out was Daniel Morad 
And then Highstand tries to come to the right-hand side down the outside. No, he just got oh. on the dirt. He just got on the dirt with his left-hand Michelins. And the car spins around. There was no contact, so there should, in theory, Nick, be no damage to that car. He'll be very lucky. He'll have taken a couple of percent off his uh, his tyre wear, which is uh, with the obviously the rears wearing heavier in the Porsche. It's going to be more of an issue. He may have lost himself a lap or two of... A fresh tyres. We got away there on another oh, spin. No. And it's the and the, this time it's Morad. Daniel Morad from seventh position in the number seven. So Kenton Cook's made up two positions there without having to do very much indeed. Through goes speedy Dan Clark, who's now right on the outside of the top ten, having started down in 26th position. The second of the two works coloured Porsches there. That's an extraordinary run for Dan Clark who goes to the outside, down towards turn seven. That's driver's left, gets on the brakes just between the one and the two marker. Turns in behind the number seven of Daniel Morad. Now, how is Daniel's tyres? Has he flat-spotted the Michelins? Has he taken too much out of them as he's had a couple of incidents there? Well, the interesting thing is, after a, a frenetic start, we had a very calm period of about 10, 12 minutes, didn't we? And now it's all just gone crazy again. But a lot of people are overcooking. And now, whether they are getting more relaxed, getting more comfortable and, and just pushing harder... Or are we seeing the beginnings of tyre degradation now, John? Is it the fact that they are the thing they did the last lap isn't working anymore? Don't forget the track's getting dirty. There's marbles going off line is causing you issues. Let's uh, keep an eye on the time because we're about three or three laps maybe away. Now, getting another chance to review what happened down the field with the Richard Highstand car and. Did he touch? He didn't touch. Oh, no, maybe he did. Just across the front of Daniel Morad. What happened is that there's Morad just, just slightly took his line, moved to the left, and then a jink in the same way, high stand. And when jinking, he hit the, tur- he hit the turf. And I think yep. in, he didn't actually get contact. He, he almost like in a fantasy of synchronised drifting. But look at the rear wing. It is damaged. So he picked oh, yeah. up damage Good somewhere. Point. Not necessarily in that incident. But if he goes into the pits, he will have the option to fix that or to continue with the car slightly damaged. Fabulous run. Westbrook out of the race as well. Oh, that's another Ford out the race. So Katzberg and Spengler, fabulous team running at the moment. Nicky Katzberg in the 26, his best a 157.096. Spengler, the fastest lap of the race, a 157.056. And lapping within a couple of three tenths of that last time around. It's Sebring, it's iRacing. It's IMSA and the challenge for 90 minutes here this Saturday from the VP Fuels Broadcast Centre. IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together as we are watching at the moment. Total domination by the two BMW Works drivers. Sage Caram is about 5.3 seconds behind in the first of the Porsches. Then it's Jesse Cron, another BMW. That's a good battle and Cron's just done his fastest lap in the 24 car. He's closed up onto the back of the Porsche as they come out of Tower Turn and head down towards the Jean de Bian Benz. Then Shinji Mishimi is in the black and light blue Porsche. Uh, and then it's uh, Merkel Bortolotti, excuse me, then it's Merkel Bortolotti in the Triple Eight, which is the black and, if you like, Conrad coloured car. It's almost the, uh, the old Miami blue of Conrad, isn't it? That's a fantastic looking car. Then it's Shinji Mishimi in sixth. Kenton Cook now up to seventh. Shinya uh, in the well, I suppose you'd call that ginger or bronze car, Shinja <laughs> Mishimi, as we run through the field. Behind Shinja, uh, about another 2.7 seconds further back, the bright pink 63 Porsche of Kenton Cook. He's trying to chase him down into turn 17. Now behind Kenton, 101. That is Corey Lewis. 
He's about to the 1.4 seconds behind seventh place and rounding off the top 10. 85 Tristan Fortier, who had issues earlier on, but he's fighting his way back into the top 10. And Daniel Morad, also with issues earlier on, into the top 10. And there's a new third place. New third place. Jesse Cron has just gone by at Sage Karam. This happened just a moment or two ago while we were doing the run through the field. Sage Karam then in the Porsche, down through the Jean de Bian Benz, down towards the 16th corner, Le Mans. Gets onto the Ullman Strait pretty well, but not as well maybe as the uh, BMW, who gets a good run in the slipstream. And is this going to be the classic pass down the inside? Is that where third place changed? Pulling out about halfway down where the exit of the WEC pits uh, would have been this weekend. Wow, the BMW had the ponies there, Nick. That was done before the braking area for it 17. Was a, it was a better run off Le Mans, really, and, and you start by carrying five or six miles now more, and you just, as you accelerate down that long straight and you gain the aerodynamic uh, slipstream, it's just enough to get you past. Hello to Mickey Heath. Michael Hetherington says it's brilliant. Even the 911s have that proper RSR at rasp Dave Alcock we know this isn't the same as actually being at Sebring but congratulations and thanks to the team that pulled this together this is great entertainment I'm an iRacer and a huge endurance fan I'm a bit overwhelmed says Chris Coughlin <laughs> uh, on, at IMSA Radio keep the tweets coming in uh, to John, at IMSA Radio go Ben sorry John uh, monitoring the... Uh, we're in different places, by the way, just so you... Just it's all right. We talk we, over uh, each other in real life as well, Ben. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, just monitoring the bottom end of our timing screens, and we've lost uh, Richard Highstand. He's out oh, of the no. race. Um, it looked as though he was having a ba- good battle with uh, Daniel Clark, and then all of a sudden he went grey, and that means he's out. So we've lost another of our leading contenders. Jerome Blakemolen down in 37th position, again for a second time back in the pits, making a big old fix. Don't know how long that fix is going to take, but uh, he's still online. Alex Prema in 39th position, back in the pits after another accident. So we've got some big names at the tail of our field, and Philippe Albuquerque has just entered pit lane as well. I think that, Ben, with half an hour's gone, I think that's the first scheduled pit stop. Now, Albuquerque will need to keep an eye, Ben will keep an eye on this, as to how long Philippe Albuquerque is in the pit lane for full service. Uh, a full drop of fuel and tyres, that would be about 1 minute 25 from pit in to pit out. He won't need that, but he might put on a brand new set of Michelin tyres. That would take about 27 tyres, uh, 27, 28 seconds. And then there'll be some fuel, probably around about 20 seconds worth, to get him to the end from there. And we've had a change of leader at the head of the Ooh, field. Yes. Bruno Sprengler is at the head of the field ahead of his teammate Nicky Katzberg. That happened going down towards turn 7 into the uh, hotel hairpin if you want in 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 uh, right in front of uh, seven at sebring the new name for the hotel and oh no it didn't happen yes it did because the 26 of nicky katzberg just slightly outbreak himself mistake or yeah was it a mis- was that an outbreaking mistake or was that a very very efficient way of just changing around letting the other cars lead well i don't worry about engine temperature worrying about perhaps you can save a little bit of fuel by following rather than leading i don't think i would have wanted to be out on that dirty part of the track no yeah, i, I think, think that was a tiny yeah. little mistake yeah. there yeah. ben mistake for you or team absolutely orders absolutely mistake yeah absolutely just run a little bit deep into the corner there uh, I love that view when you can see the rear view mirror inside the car <laughs> looking back. And oh, the screen, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. The the screen and all the detail that you see in car, really great to see. These two are working together, though, aren't they? BMW yes. flags flying strong for these two right now. 
uh, and they're doing a really good job of it. Spengler has the fastest lap of the race uh, and not surprising with that mistake, last lap around, he was almost uh, a full second quicker than his teammate and he has put a little bit of a gap into Katzberg, although he's coming back now through Big Bend. Now, Albuquerque is out of the pits. Philippe Albuquerque is out of the pits with what we think was uh, the first of the... A scheduled pit stop. He dropped down to 29th position, but stayed, crucially, stayed on the lead lap, Nick. That's really important. So I think that was certainly fuel, and probably I think he's bunged his new set of Michelins on, and he'll go at the end from here. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a short fuel, which you obviously need, then you've got, what, 25 minutes of fuel to put into it, then the point is you're going to trundle down the pit lane, get an advantage out of it, put a new set of tyres. Obviously, he'll end up in free air now. So he'll be on his own, hopefully he doesn't get bothered by the leaders, and he can start concentrating, putting down some, some laps and making up the gaps and overtaking people who aren't actually there because they haven't pitted yet. Yeah, good point. See what you're seeing. Just outside the top 10, Speedy Dan Clark has carved his way from 26th position in the Porsche up to 11th position, and Gavi Chavez in the black and grey B, sorry, in the red and grey BMW is right up his aerofoil at the back of the car at the moment as they come out of Collier and down towards turn 12 and 13. And it's a great little battle down there. You've got Tristan Vautier in ninth. Uh, you've got Dan Clark in 11th and Gabby Chavez in 12th. And they are within a couple of seconds of each other. Now, going down towards turn one a moment or two ago, all kinds of strife with a big pileup. Santino Ferrucci got his way up to... 25th position now he saves it but watch what happens next as he carves back across the track not one not two not three oh yeah three extra cars four car pile up and Santi Ferrucci was the cause of all of that and there's some bent machinery that will not be anywhere near their optimal at the moment and Santino's it, it, it was obviously that was a, a massive amount of carnage caused by a, a very innocent little mistake just got it wrong at turn one went wide onto the uh, the outside into the uh, beginnings of the short shoot up to turn two got a massive tank slapper on skidded back in front of the track and suddenly it was that cascade effect as other cars just pinged into him like a, a very expensive game of 10 pin bowling yeah absolutely. they were all back markers ish by the looks of things none of our top 20 have descended the leaderboard so it uh, doesn't really matter it doesn't make much of a difference but uh, it doesn't look like anybody's uh, in our top 20 has come to harm in that accident and, and I think they were guys that have already uh, had some strife already Ben you're watching pit times Philippe Albuquerque in the the number 103 what uh, what was his pit stop time so we can try and work out what we think he wouldn't have needed uh, a full tank of fuel uh, in that car because he'd only run 30 minutes uh, in that machine so what do we think well i think you're pretty much spot on 55 seconds stopped uh, a full pit stop of one minute 18 seconds so uh, if he had a little bit less fuel to put in then uh, that's about bang on so do you think no tires then for him or do you think he's put a new set of michelins uh, on that as well and on the porsche 24 seconds to change a set of tires uh, I would say that, yeah, I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? About half a tank of fuel, uh, or less than half a tank of fuel, plus 24 seconds for the tyres, uh, could be bang on. Perhaps, perhaps a little little repair as well, a little 10-second mm-hmm. repair. So yeah, well, exactly. tweaked and pinged, because that's, that's the, the, you often get that option within the pit stops to do a kind of a minor repair, um, and that'll give you just back onto the car's uh, 
Yeah, back to 100% again. Or hello, 95. Hello to the Dallywell family who are tuned in here in the UK, into radio, iRacing, IMSA TV, all together. However you're watching or listening, welcome along. This is real IMSA drivers on a virtual IMSA track, all in GT Le Mans cars. Big sideways moment for Albuquerque out of the pit. He does not want to give the position up in the black BMW to Stephen McAleer. Now, McLeod's in the BMW. Uh, excuse me, in the, uh, so I've got those the yeah. wrong way around. My apologies. He wants to gain that position back. Thank you, Ben. Because he's out of the pits and McAleer is holding him up at this point. And this is this is his strategy, Ben, going for a Burton here if he can't clear that BMW. Well, remember, McAleer went into the pits uh, a good set, uh, eight laps ago. It was a short stop. Just 25, 6. Oh, there we go. And he's gone wide and he's back on the track again. So no harm done. But... He's been in the pits for 25 seconds. Could have been a tyre change. Uh, would have got much fuel, but it was eight laps ago. Seems to be running pretty well, but certainly doesn't have the pace of Albuquerque, who's now set off uh, to try and chase down Seth Thomas, uh, who is 20 seconds up the road. Last two cars on the lead lap. Now, interestingly, the car behind them, Harry Ticknell, we know had early problems. So of the 46 cars that started, already 17 have run into two issues in the first half hour. Yeah. That's attrition for you that we don't we're not used to seeing that. And Dalton Keelan uh Kellett, yeah. Kellett, sorry. I can't he's read my uh, <laughs> pixelated timing screen. Uh, he's now in the pits, so he's twenty sixth. Philippe uh, Albuquerque just passed him and uh, let's see what kind of uh, pit stop this is as well. Let's uh, go back to the incident between Albuquerque and Stephen Macalea. And coming down towards seven, was there a bump here between Albuquerque and McAleer? Well, McAleer got very, very sideways, and there was a touch. Philippe Albuquerque didn't really want to lose his momentum coming out of seven. And a couple of corners further on at tower turn is when the position was actually made. And that position was made up. Just a little bit of a rub on the back of Stephen McAleer's BMW. Now... Was Stephen pushed or did he jump here with Albuquerque? I think realising that the back tyres of that BMW were in trouble now. It was just a mistake, just wide from Stephen McAleer going through that corner. Stephen, former MX5 Cup champion, has a younger brother who in the year that Stephen was MX5 Cup reigning champion, I think, on the iRacing MX5 Cup championship, Stephen's younger brother beat him <laughs> in the championship race well, if memory serves that must make for interesting Christmas dinner about who's the best isn't it I, mm. I, get, I get the card to meet this time Stephen yes absolutely Spengler and Katzberg 8 tenths of a second ahead and then it's 6.3 seconds back to the third place BMW of Jesse Cron the 24 and the lead is now coming to put a lap on Stephen McAleer then it's Sage Caram, the first of the Porsches in the 8 Merkel Bortolotti is the triple eight, but there one and a half and nine seconds consecutively for, uh, uh, further back, not consecutively. Shinya Mishimi running a steady sixth at the moment. He's 23 seconds off the lead. Not insurmountable. He's got a bit of pressure from Kenton Cook, who's made up a few places in the 63 bright pink Porsche. He's in seventh, and he's right on the tail of the 86 of Mishimi in sixth now, position. as we know, that Shinya is the most experienced uh, and high, second highest rated driver here. Serge Karam and Shinya, Huge correct. amount of racing. Now, do you possibly think that Shinya is the man who's thinking, right, I can make these tyres last the entire hour and a half? 
half because he's been drifting back and for a man who's very quick he's drifting back slowly and thinking you know what I, can make, I don't have to stop he'll get that half minute back later on well and, and Serge Karim's done the same thing the problem is it's going to cost him uh, 27 uh, uh, sorry what you've got to think of is how much dare you lose you can only lose 27 seconds yes. to the people you're racing yes. because that's all it takes for them to put a new set of tyres on. You probably can't really lose that much because they'll have a performance advantage well, with a new set of Mitchies on at the end of the race. But of course, you know, taking the count, it may just be that Bruno and Nicky are just quicker than the field anyway and therefore your your race effectively is against your, your optimal strategy. And it may be that you're taking part Jesse Cron, it may take taking part Sage, it may take part Mirko Bertolotti, but there has been a, a kind of a spread now. Spengler now has put a 1.2 second lead on Katzberg. Katzberg 6.2 Jesse Cron, then uh, Sage Karam was overtaken a couple of laps back, is 1.4 down. Then Bertolotti is back 9.3, and Kenton 6, and Shinja is now actually Shinja's been overtaken by Kenton Cock, hasn't he? Correct. Kenton Cook's just gone through uh, on Shinja. That was sixth and seventh position, and Shinja just dropping back. So maybe there's something in that. Tristan Vorti is the next driver back, but he's a good nine and a half seconds uh, further back. The two leaders. Just drifting apart a little bit as Bruno Spengler. Uh, last time around, there was nothing between them, but he's just eased out to a second or so, just giving himself a bit of breathing space as he's coming to... Oh, now, this is important. The leaders are important because they're coming in, I think, to lap Philippe Albuquerque, who's the first, I reckon, of the pit stoppers. Yep. I reckon Philippe Albuquerque, uh, Ben, is the first of the cars that have made what we would call a regular pit stop. Yeah, absolutely he is. Um, and uh, another car that's just gone into the pits, which is a big shock, actually. Michael Johnson uh, has a fantastic iRacing iRating, um, but unfortunately he's had an accident and uh, he is having a lengthy pit stop now in 30th position. Um, uh, also in the pits, Tinknell, I think he's had an accident recently. Uh, his pit stop is running way longer than it should have done. So lots of things happening uh, outside of our top 20, but the top 20 are stable. 40 Ford. James Pesek. James Pesek, who we've seen winning all kinds of machinery. And he's with the 101 of Corey Lewis, side by side. The PF racing car. Oh, gets into the back of Corey and turns that car around. And the Porsche gets the worst of that. PF Racing colours we see in that colourway on the uh, on the uh, Ford Mustang uh, normally in IMSA Racing in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Back to the leader, Bruno Spengler. Bent rear wing on the Porsche ahead of him. Now that I don't think is Albuquerque, is it? No, it's not. Nope. So Albuquerque's already gone a lap back. He's gone a lap back to both of the BMWs needs driving there by was that Seth Thomas that they've just gone by in the 81 should be yeah yeah he's the next guy up from uh, Albuquerque no no I think it might be a lap car actually my apologies but the lead is all going through the key thing here for Albuquerque isn't it just to, is to just to keep those two BMWs uh, Ben Constantinus in sight because although they've put him a lap down He's got his pit stop done. He can't let them get away too far if he's going to make that early stop strategy work. Yeah, so he lost one minute and 20 seconds. Now, a lap is one minute and or basically two minutes. Uh, so he's still quite a way back from those leading two, even if 
he is running a decent pace right now. 150, or last lap was a two-minute lap, but that was because he was going through some traffic. Hello to David Baker. Nice uh, to know that you're tuned in. Hearing arguably the voices of endurance racing on our virtual sport is amazing. That's very kind of you, uh, David. It's an honour for us to be here. We've all been involved in the virtual world. Some of us, and I'm thinking about myself here, have been involved for so long, um, we were doing it before it was even called eSports. Uh, to, to be honest, sport, do you remember Sports Car GT? We're back in the day. Had, had that? Yeah. I didn't know any of the, I, I didn't follow the ALMS. I knew no, no one what the tracks were. <laughs> We, uh, uh, Joe Bradley, uh, Gary Dodds and I ran McLaren's uh, F1s in that in IMSA Radio logos. And if you listen very carefully in the background of that, the PA announcer is <laughs> our great friend, the uh, sadly now late and much lamented uh, Jim Martin, uh, one of the great voices of North American and Canadian motorsport. And that was his voice and my very first commentary in the US at Petit Le Mans in... Uh, the end of 1998, I worked with Jim, and as soon as he started talking, I, I realised I knew who he was from what I'd heard on Sportscar GT, and that was the, the start of a, a great commentary relationship uh, with Jim, who we uh, lost last year. Uh, big loss to our sport. Here we've still got, well, we're half distance, aren't we, guys? 44, call it 45 minutes to go, so we don't change ends have a cup of tea and an orange slice here but we have got two 45 minute halves and it will be a race of two halves here to use the soccer metaphor because it will be all about what goes on in the second half of the race remember our Porsche keys to the race stay on the lead lap well there are still 23 cars Seth Thomas is the last driver on the lead lap in the number 81 keep it clean plenty of people not done that with Getting on now for 18, 19 cars who've had some kind of damage or incidents. And the tyres. That was our third Porsche key to the race. Has Albuquerque got it right? He stopped and we reckon he splashed the fuel but did go for a new set of Michelins. Does that mean he'll have better rubber at the end? And will the two BMWs ahead of him, who are a lap and a few seconds ahead of him, will they change their tyres in the second half of the race? And when... Will they take their fuel stops? We've already seen fuel stops done. It's still Philippe Albuquerque in the 103 in 24th position, who is the best of the pit stopper cars. First half of the race, Ben Constantinus, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very interesting to see these two BMW drivers running line astern. Just a, a little mistake from Nicky Katzberg giving Bruno Spengler the advantage. Big surprise for me to see Bruno running so consistently. Uh, he has struggled previously perhaps maybe not on this platform but on other platforms with that consistency it's looking really good for him very impressed with jesse crone up in third position uh, a b licensed driver but still putting uh, some of the a licensed drivers to shame uh, and uh, also very impressed with the the likes of uh, santonio ferrici uh, jerome blucamolan and alex premier they are way down they are 12 15 laps back but they're still plodding on they're still going round. they haven't control out deleted and gone and made a cup of coffee yeah good spirit of the race there We'll have time after the race to speak to some of the drivers in our Michelin post-race tech. Nick Damon, halfway through the race, 20 laps completed. Uh, we're 
I'll, get, I'll give you the predictions in the moment, but your thoughts about what you've seen so far. There have been some very good and very consistent racing here. Yeah, I think the, the, the lead cars have done an exceptional job. And so the, uh, the BMW twins have, uh, have been showing a fantastic form, and, and they are formation flying, apart from that one mistake. I think it's very, very interesting how it's fallen into two groups almost by accident, in the, by the accidents other people have been having. We've yeah. lost almost you know, third to... to, to well, four fifths of screens has yeah. gone out of the running, but the guys at the front are running incredibly consistency, and this this, this run by the two BMWs is, is remarkable. They are effectively now they've got the biggest split they've ever had, just because uh, Nicky Katzberg found it more difficult to get past the back marker than Bruno Spengler. That's still 1.1 seconds. Hello to Paul Taylor. Difficult time for everyone at the moment. Amazing to see motorsport community engaging with sim racing. Great to see the pros getting behind it. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get. Uh, in touch with us we're predicting now uh, 43 uh, laps so 22 to go uh, from here and getting through the traffic always an issue in these longer races Nicky Katzberg was there a little bump with a fellow BMW there oh there was there was indeed Nicky Katzberg uh, coming through turn four uh, and into turn five just a little bit of a tap. And, and you could see on the rear-view TV screen the damage the car <laughs> had. It was missing its entire front splitter. And effectively, just lot it, the car ah. lost momentum through the corner. Where, where was Katzberg supposed to go? Yeah, uh, and that was that's a difficult little wiggly section oh, there, very, Tim. Very, difficult. Two, three, two, and three, four. four. Nasty. Yeah. And you do need your front end. And five is way there. sharper than you think it is. Oh, yes. Trust me, I've hit a number of walls down there over the last, last 24 hours. It almost <laughs> feels like five. Um, Titans. It, it, it doesn't look like it on the track map. Uh, easy to get a lot of understeer there. As if you've ever seen the uh, ZF race report that I did with uh, Tom Christensen yeah. in a, a, a an RS5 around there. I was told that Tom didn't like understeer, so I was inducing it everywhere I could, of course, for effect. Uh, very easy to get it around there. Right, into the second half of the race. Uh, or thereabouts, as I say, we're predicting uh, 43 laps uh, on this one, so 21 to go, and still no stops for anyone inside the top 10. It looks like no, but an interesting pit stop from Dakota Dickerson. Yes, 25 seconds, so that is a tyre stop um, uh, or, or fuel. fuel. Happy fuel. I think fuel. that's fuel. You can't just take tyres because you'll stop after an hour yeah. and five minutes. So that's that's fuel. He's going to try and go to the end from there, isn't he? Yep, no tyres. On one set of tyres. On one set of tyres. Dakota Dickerson, great young uh, American driver. And, and maybe there for uh, Stephen McAleer's pit stop at the start of... Uh, you know, now 15 laps ago, that was again 25 seconds. Maybe that was the same kind of strategy, although it shouldn't have been the same time because he would have had less fuel to, to top up on. I'm so pleased that Colleen Evans-Allen was listening a few moments ago. I didn't know whether you would be, Colleen, but I'm pleased you were. You're in our thoughts always, and the family. You know that. Uh, 50 minutes gone then. And heading to uh, well into the second half of the race now with Bruno Sprengler, Nicky Katzberg, 157.5 for the leader, Katzberg a 157.9, that's against the best overall lap time of a 57.0, what I'm seeing here, Nick Damon, is what uh, we were talking about earlier on, the BMW M8 GT uh, Le Mans car, is an exceedingly good car to drive, it's a good platform, and they're still knocking out good times, and 
the time you want to have the car that's inverted commas easy to drive is the time when you're carving through the uh, the traffic. You don't want something that's edgy when you're trying to, when you're having to react to, you know, the other driver's actions. We've seen a couple of times that other drivers' actions have taken out people who are trying to lap, lap them. But uh, again, it's looking at the moment like Spengler is just doing slightly better than Nicky Katz both through the traffic. Looking at the mid-teens and Tyler Cook in the blue and white BMW has Parker Chase behind him. Parker, who's run uh, some of the uh, IMSA races uh, in the past, as well as uh, having a uh, oval career, stock car career. Ben Waddell not too far behind them. That's one of the better scraps on the track at the moment. Also got a decent scrap going on for 8th and ninth. Christian Vautier in the 85 is just ahead of Daniel Morad in the 7th. That works coloured Porsche. And they are on the far side of the circuit. No, they're not. They're just going through Big Bend underneath the bridge, which was reprofiled last year to get two-way traffic on it. And here comes Morad. Great time to pick this one up. Down towards Turn 7. Classic overtaking manoeuvre. Down the inside at Turn 7 in front of the hotel. What was it we said a few years ago when that pass was made like a thermic lance through a muffin? Well, <laughs> it was decisive and Morad has gone through. We've seen some cracking overtaking manoeuvres down through the years from people Durrani there in prototypes and uh, uh, before that as well from Audi drivers who like to make that place their own. So that's a change of position. The Porsche going through. Classic pass at Sebring. Came out a big bend. Got right underneath the back end of the BMW, which is quite a big car. It makes a decent-sized <laughs> yes. hole in the air. And Daniel Morad's got a bit of experience around here. Driven in Porsche Cup as well as in the IMSA Championship. Just a tiny bit later on the brakes. Rolls off the brakes as he gets to the apex so that he doesn't... And have a problem. Good drive by Tristan Volti as well. He, he could see it happen. He wasn't going to fight. He wasn't going to swipe across the front. Um, you know, and we're getting to the point now of, of when the driver's going to blink. Because we are, you know, just 42 minutes left to run of the race. You well, they're in the window. Right, no, you're fat in the window. The window the is the middle fi- hour. Yeah, the next 15 minutes, you know, we think they're going to get to an hour at least. Do you literally hang it out that long? Or do you just take a, an opportunist look at when there's a bit of traffic going on? And it's interesting, by the way, Spengler is still stretching the lead during this traffic. He's now uh, 1.8 seconds ahead of Katzberg, which is the biggest gap we've seen between first and second in the entirety of this race. The other uh, overtake down there that, at seven that I remembered was in the uh, the Dyson, actually, uh, with Emmanuel Pirro. Uh, behind the wheel. He made a cracking overtake there in the early laps of a race, which was probably the overtake did, of the did year he, did in the he first use race the of the season. Caused by other cars. He was he was <laughs> fantastic down there on the brakes was was Perot. A tweet that's uh, amused me that I've just uh, picked up on is uh, from Richard Westbrook, who he lost uh, quite early on in the race from that big shunt. I think he may have thrown toys out of pram. <laughs> oh really? Um, Sim for sale. DM me, DM me if you're interested. Unfortunately, quite a few people have taken him seriously. So uh, he's now got a, a bidding war going on on Twitter uh, regarding his sim setup. But uh, it did we lost him early accident. on. He did, he did quite well, actually, didn't he? Performance-wise, I was well impressed with uh, with where he was at. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hello to Tom Aitken, who's watching and listening on IMSA Radio, at IMSA Radio. Uh, Owen Trinkler uh, will probably buy the sim uh, from Westie. Uh, I know he's sitting up in Nashville. Um, Owen, sorry, I just saw your message to me about getting involved. A, a little bit too late for us to make that happen technically, but I've got a suspicion that Jen is, which is Owen's wife, is going to be um, clearing out a bit of the garage so that uh, Owen can make some space if this uh, goes uh, the way we think it is in the next few months and let's hope that this is the first of many uh, IMSA races with IMSA Pro drivers here on iRacing it's the IMSA radio team Ben Constantouris and Nick Damon joining me John Hindorf in the VP Racing Fuels Broadcast Centre as we're continuing to watch the BMW twins drive away at the front of the field uh, further Marcus down, Chase, the 19, the light green car uh, with a blue tail, the Sparco sponsorship. That's a nice sort of graded livery. Someone's been on the uh, livery exchange. Who did you say that was, sorry? That's Parker Chase. Uh, oh, OK, yes, of course it is. Tom um, Gorman in the pits. Yes, coming in from 13th position. And we're starting to see Ben Constant Juris, some of the higher runners now. Uh, we've still got, I reckon, maybe four possibly five more laps of fuel left but Tom O'Gorman in the 95 BMW in and I would think this will be fuel only let's see what the time is Ben yeah so uh, he came in from just outside the top 10 didn't he 13th yeah 14th position and 26 seconds now it continues so this is a longer pit stop oh he's doing tyres he's doing tyres Dickinson as well yeah he's doing tyres so now that's interesting so Tom O'Gorman then with fuel and the car came up on its jacks, so he's definitely doing tyres. And this is really important. Nico Ronde in as well in the 108, the man from Sim Raceway uh, Racing School, the man who was brave enough to sit next to me in an Audi TT around Sonoma for my first laps at speed. Felipe Nazar is in as well in the 31. Uh, again, all these guys from the middle part of the teens, but the two BMWs, Nick, at the front of the field, continue to circulate. I reckon they've got another couple of laps. And is Katzberg closing in Katzberg just a tiny bit? has obviously had a better run. From, he's come back from 1.8 down to a second. Um, now, the question is, obviously, we've had all the cars around Felipe Albuquerque come in. Has his early pit stop paid, paid dividends? And is he, is he now ahead of Tom O'Gorman and Nico Rodner and everyone else? So... Battles all the way through the field, and we've got a battle for the uh, the bottom in the top ten. Yeah, ninth position. Gabby Chavez in the 33 has got Tristan Vautier right in his wheel tracks as they head down towards turn one, and there are cars ahead of them, but they are lap runners as they go through the insanely quick turn one. I remember standing on the outside of turn one, watching the old LMP2 cars in the LMS days going through there, and watching the Andretti car with Marco Andretti, go through there, flat out six times in a row, and I still can't <laughs> actually believe that I saw that. And looking at those four cars, they are having a mighty scrap. Now, the car one place behind them as his starter scrap was a speedy Dan Clark, and Dan came into the pits. He could see ahead of him four cars scrapping, not going to get past them. Let's go in the pits, see if I can yeah. pass them virtually, in a virtual event, when they're not actually occupying the space and get them doing an, over, an undercut. And, or and he's doing tyres as well, Nick. He's up on his jacks, and he's over... 25 seconds so that is a a full pit stop for him like it was for Nico Ronde like it was for Philippe Albuquerque a little bit earlier on and Tom O'Gorman so we're seeing a full service for all these guys Michael Lewis did 
did pit, uh, yes, last lap. He just went 36 seconds, so I don't think he took tyres. I I just wonder whether the BMWs, what they're going to do. It'll be shorter on fuel, but will they want to take tyres or not? That's the question. It seems as though everybody so far has. Oh, off a tur- on the outside of Turn 1. That was a BMW. One of the, one of the already damaged ones. Ah, right, OK. In fact, I think that was the car that had lost its uh, front splitter earlier on, wasn't it? And that's probably why it went straight on at turn one. So continue to lap Spengler from Katzberg. They've been in first and second or second and first the whole way through. A mistake by Katzberg. Sort of halfway through this, we ran this race about 20 minutes ago. Let Spengler through. Over, overcooked it here at turn seven. But uh, Katzberg, over dropping behind during the start of the lapping procedure, now back as close as you want to be, which is six tenths, seven tenths a second behind the... Uh, the leader, of course, the key thing is that no one yet in the top 11 has come into the pits. Well, just to prove this is just like real life, I managed to put Emmanuel Pirro in the wrong car when I was talking about <laughs> his brilliant overtaking earlier on. I said Dyson, and in fact it was the Drace and Lola uh, that it was ah. in that year. Um, so you your joke didn't work, didn't work either it, way. It was only a couple of letters wrong, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and thank you Declan Brennan for reminding me at IMSA Radio. And that's how you get in touch with us been absolutely brilliant stuff so far through turn 17 at the moment side by side that's chase and cook tyler cock and parker chase oh quick oh that was a bit naughty sorry sorry ben Uh, a bit of side by side action and a bit of blocking going down the uh, the front straight there by Tyler Cook trying to hold back the night and they're hitting each other and they're off that's a huge one off to driver's right between one and two and neither of them are going to get away with that kind of incident and indeed the steering damage to the 82 rear suspension as well uh, on Tyler Cook's car and it looks like Parker Chase is also in problem Ben Waddell went through there and Paul Holton well, Paul's off the lead lap there, but he's just done his fastest lap, Paul Holton, uh, and then come into the pits. So he's going to the end from here. Well, that, that you could see that brewing, couldn't you, uh, from yes. further back down the pit straight when there was a bit of blocking going on. Jeremy wouldn't have liked that. He no, doesn't like it, people it, moving around it, on the street. There was a lot of moving in the braking area there, and it was kind of like an argument that was starting, and then it... Where it came to a, a dramatic conclusion, as is the conclusion beginning to start for the race itself, John. Well, top drivers now, Ben, coming into the pit lane. Fourth, fifth and sixth and seventh all coming in. That's the eight Porsche of Sage Karam, the triple eight of Merkel Bortolotti, the 63. These are all Porsches of Kenton Cook and Shinya Mishimi. The incident that has just cut, taken two BMWs out started down the front straight. It was a nice run and a big dive to the inside. Parker Chase and Tyler Cook having a real big battle and then coming together and both I, of them damaged. I don't think Parker Chase is ever going to make that corner. No. I think he got he got, got annoyed or he got a much more of a slip than he was used to. And his, his brake marks were completely wrong there. So, Karam so back out yeah, of the pit. Interesting pit stops from the guys in front. 22 seconds from Sage Karam. Fuel only. Colotti, 23. Kosh, 22 uh, Mishimi, 21 seconds, and Casey Lewis. Corey Lewis. About, sorry, Corey Lewis. Sorry. Uh, is about to get to uh, 22 seconds well, as well. Will he end six the pits? Not yet. Hey, so he's maybe going longer. So here's the Porsche keys to race. We said, and the tyres, and when do we take the fuel stop? We also talked, did we not, gentlemen, about the experience of Sage Karam and Shinya Mishimi, who have the best driver rating of this field on iRacing. 
and they paced themselves, Nick Damon, through the early part of the race, and now they are fueled to the end, but they haven't taken tyres, and both of the leaders are in together. As they come down the pit lane, Spengler from Katzberg, there's nothing between them on the pit lane. As they look now, this one we're going to have to keep an eye on. Do the two BMWs take their pit stop and take their tyres? As also Ben Waddell and Corey Lewis have come into the pits. Tyler Cook. Jesse Cron from third as well, John. Jesse Cron from third, just pulling in in the black car behind the two leaders. So, question for me then is where are Sage, where's Sage Caram? Daniel Morad will have gone through into the lead. Oh, that top was... Top two are rolling, fuel only. Fuel only for and the I top two. I think a spot, I'm not sure, but I think they changed positions as well. It's hard to tell because of the way the uh, yeah. the, uh, the graphics work, but it, it, in, who knows? Spengler ahead of Katzberg. Still scored a Spengler ahead. It looked like they'd gone round, but there they, they wasn't a way it Right, worked. so, question for me is, where is Sage Caram? Should be coming across the line any time now. But that's the two BMWs at the front of the field. Spengler and Katzberg and Jesse Kron all fuelled to the end and they've taken their pitch stops. Sage Karam comes through in fourth now but hasn't hasn't been able to bring them back enough, I don't think, because the BMW... slower stop as well for Sage Karam. He was two and a half seconds slower uh, than the two BMWs who did 20.7 stops. Sage Karam did a 22-3, so lost two seconds in the pits. Was that is that that stationary track? Was that just the difference in fuel? How tight are the BMWs on fuel then, Ben? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. Two two and a half seconds difference in fuel. That's uh, what's that? That's five. That's seven and a half liters. That's seven and a half liters difference that has gone into those two BMWs. Fewer. Seven and a half fewer litres have gone into the two BMWs than, than went into Sage Karam in fourth position. Now, how tight is idea. that going to make it at the end, Ben? I've got an idea for you. Maybe the two BMWs were playing the team game and towing each other round. We well, saw yeah. about halfway into the stint, they swapped round. It looked like it was a mistake. There's another mistake uh, from 103. That's Philippe Albuquerque off the track. Um, maybe they were preserving fuel by doing that as well. Yeah, well, that was my thought when we saw... Uh... Nicky Katzberg go wide, but it, was, it did seem like, as John pointed out, not the best place to let someone through. So, but perhaps it's, it's worked out serendipitously that they've now managed to do that kind of tow round, almost like they're doing a velodrome action in the uh, in the uh, mm. team sprint event. And uh, yeah, that will save them some time. Also, they've been very very clean and probably had a chance to actually pace themselves as they wish to go. Yeah. Hello to Cordy, uh, virtually sitting on the mound at turn ten, passing around a flask of whiskey with friends uh, from. Uh, Wisconsin, New York State, Germany and everywhere else. That is a great way to spend your Sunday here on iRacing with IMSA. Live from our VP Fuels broadcast centre. Been plenty of action. Felipe Albuquerque had his problem, I think, we sit coming up again. So, there down goes the, the 103 down the inside. Oh, oh and it gets nailed by the 84 that's extraordinary so that was Albuquerque getting absolutely nailed at turn 17 by a car I reckon he was Seth lapping Thomas. that was yeah, Seth Thomas and, and Seth 81 81 yeah. was it okay excuse me um, and that was a car he was lapping Ben 
Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Seth's obviously been in the wars by the looks of the front end of that car uh, already. So uh, struggling, bit of understeer. Uh, we saw it already with that car not being able to get off the corner uh, and getting in the way of Nicky Katzberg. I mean, look at it. It's just missing the front end. <laughs> yeah, uh, it can't get it slowed down, can't get it turned and gets caught up with Albuquerque. Luckily, not too much damage for Albuquerque. Still sits in 16th oh, spot. Drifting. Meantime, the 55 Ford, which is back on the track. That's Harry Tinknell, isn't it, in the black Ford. He's gone sideways into the wall at turn 17, right ahead of that uh, incident. Uh, hello. You can, you can visualise Harry sitting at home uh, in Putney laughing at himself for doing something like that, can't you? Just be, just be enjoying himself. He's one of the last runners down in 34th position. Uh, he's a good couple of laps off the lead, having many a problem, uh, but obviously still enjoying being part of this. Hello to uh, Steph Neff. Um, I'm sitting at turn six or thereabouts by the Corvette Bridge in my lawn chair with RSL in my ear. Of course, I'm at home in front of my desk watching iRacing, but we know what you mean. Thanks for joining us, big audience, for this 90 minutes event, which is coming down into the last 28 minutes. We're predicting now 44 <laughs> laps, and there's 13 to go. What are you guys laughing uh, at? I think Albuquerque just got a bit of revenge. What do you think, uh, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. Helped him out of the way. That, yeah, absolutely... gave, gave Seth Thompson a little bit of a nudge at the end of the uh, of the, of the uh, main straight of the hairpin at, at seven. A little bit of a nudge off. As Paul um, Barfield always says, IMSA's uh, race director, always race the way you want uh, race against others the way you want to be raced against. Well, seems as though Philippe uh, was not best placed going down towards turn seven under the Mobile One bridge and just lets the brake off. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> would you mind going straight on out my way, Seth, I, I please? Did, no, no, I just missed the braking point. It was a problem. Oh, no. Uh, last one on the lead lap. Done. Yes, that it was, was professionally very professionally done. <laughs> last one on the lead lap, Albuquerque. Only 16 cars at the moment running uh, on the lead lap. First man off the lead lap, Felipe Naza running with his IMSA number, the 31 car uh, in 16th. Tra check that 17th position. Then it's also off the lead lap, Paul Holton, 5.8 seconds further back. Then Nico Rondé, Michael Lewis, Gregory Lee Fuga. They've all had issues as is Dalton Keller Jeff Siegel hasn't featured as I thought he might in the 69 car Seth Thomas we've talked about Parker Chase James Pezek and Tyler Cook all in the pits James Pezek for the second time meantime at the front of the field we have still got the two BMWs made that the three BMWs separated by 1.1 seconds the first two and then 10 seconds back to Jesse Cron and then Sage Caram 12 seconds further back the Porsches as yet Nick Damon not being able to take the fight to the BMW M8 GTLMs at the front of the field top three and certainly they, they are seemingly the, the easiest cars to drive seemingly the easiest cars to put down a constant time now interesting the last the time around well. yeah Spengler just gapped um, Katzberg by a couple of tenths the last couple of laps they haven't seemed from what we've, we've had them on the picture to do much lapping so I'm wondering now whether Spengler is pulling the proverbial pin and now trying to put some gap between them. So we've got enough fuel to the end. We can stop playing the team game. I'm now going to try and win this race. But look at the pace that even Nicky Katzberg's doing. Uh, last lap versus, uh, uh, oh, sorry, leader versus previous rather than uh, the fastest. The fastest is a 57-0. Um, so they're still well off that fastest lap from the start of the race. 
Um, but uh, yeah, some really, really impressive pace from these front not, two, you know, stretching the advantage. Not that far off. They're only half a second and seven tenths. Got now and turn the tyres. And, and well. the, the tyres have run since the oh, start. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they didn't so change tyres. Yeah? No, no, they didn't change tyres. So this has been a good run. Remember, I, I reckon I. I don't think Jesse Cron changed tyres either. No, no. So I reckon the top seven are on the tyres they started. Yes. And maybe Gavi uh, Chavez as well. Yeah. Do you think Chavez yeah. and Morad as well? Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Clark is the first driver to have new tyres. And you can see it in his times. A 58-0 is his fastest lap time throughout the race. Uh, and he's just done a 58-2. So yeah. he's able to really run very fast. But everyone above that, we're in the pits for less than uh, 25 seconds problem is Dan Clark's a minute and a half or thereabouts behind the leader in 11th position but let's not forget Dan had no choice he started down in 26th position made up 13 positions fairly short order and took the life out of his Michelins early on played a different game to what was going on at the head of the field and that is the uh, that is why you need to qualify at the sharp end of the field Oh, Philip Albuquerque and Ben Waddell battling together. 15th and 16th position. Both Porsches. Philip Albuquerque with a uh, actually fairly undamaged Porsche after professionally removing uh, one of his competitors earlier on who'd uh, rather ruined his charge back up the field. Remember, Albuquerque was the first into the pits, Nick, wasn't he? Yep. To try the early pit stop and run to the end. And he got caught in traffic and then had that incident at turn 17 which cost him time it hasn't worked for him no well i don't think he's ever going to be up in the in the top five but certainly that second spin has cost him looking at the timing screen now it's probably cost him at least five or six places he should have been in the gap between dan clark and tom gorman without that which is so so there are some holes to drop into but ben waddell who we haven't spoken about now last on the last on the lead lap but really putting in a good performance at this point yeah really is Ben. I've just been monitoring the uh, the uh, YouTube stream uh, from iRacing and we've got a fantastic crowd of people watching from there, uh, uh, including a one Lando Norris who's dipped his head in to see what this is all about. So uh, Lando's got lots and lots of uh, commitments to sim racing across the next uh, few days, but perhaps uh, I suppose he's not eligible for this. He doesn't race in him, so, so he couldn't enter. But uh, uh, great to see all you, Lando. Thanks for dipping in and saying hello. All he's got to do is come and do an IMSA race. That's all he's got to do. I think that's, <laughs> I'm sure we could find... Uh, some place for a reason him. yeah absolutely um, Ben Waddell Porsche driver extraordinaire Says and IPC graduate is the tip the tip bit of tip I've got from Shay uh, that means uh, IMSA prototype challenge yes. uh, but he's driven Porsches in the past as well another one of the plethora of drivers uh, from all types of racing but who've got some IMSA connection either in IMSA Prototype Challenge uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge or indeed in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship even if their day job if you will is uh, doing other things and we've got a couple of IndyCar drivers here CH Caram of course but he's done IMSA races too so this is hopefully the prototype for more of this through the year uh, hello to Tony Tazino TDZ tuned in hope you caught the uh, Michelin countdown to green earlier on we will have a bit of Michelin post race tech with some driver interviews as well once the chequered flag has fallen in around about 22 minutes time it's uh, Ben Constantinus, Nick Damon and me John Hindorf in the IMSA Radio VP Racing Fuel Broadcast Centre 
as we continue to watch this fascinating battle at the front of the field between the two BMWs and the battles further down as well. I think now what we've got to say, gentlemen, and all things being equal, <laughs> let, let's pull out a Paul Trusswell-ism, one of our Radio Show Limited network colleagues. Paul, uh, this season doing a lot of race strategy, so we haven't had him on the race calls as much as we normally do. But Paul always likes to say when I make some kind of pronouncement, all things being equal, which they seldom are, John. And he's absolutely right to say that. But at the moment, Ben Constant Juris, I would opine that the three BMWs in the front, they seem to be, when we look at them, when we look at the body language of the cars, when we go on board and see the inputs that are going in there, they would seem to be pacing themselves and they seem to have the pace of the on the rest of the field to keep them ahead. It's been so solid, hasn't it? Especially from our front two. Uh, getting through the traffic, always such a tricky thing. We don't have quite so many cars as we first started. With. I think point. we're down to about 34 cars now, but they've been through that traffic without hardly any incident at all. Uh, and that has been very, very impressive to see because that is actually one of the, the scariest things. You don't know who to trust around you. And Bruno and Nicky have done great. Nicky's going to be very frustrated if Bruno beats him, though. Porsche in trouble at Le Mans corner. It's the number 54 of Dakota Dickerson. And just goes out a little bit too wide and then drops the wheels onto the dirt oh. at the end of the curb and that puts him into the wall on I, the inside locks time. it all up oh and damage to the right front I've done that what a shame <laughs> Dakota was running just outside the top 10 meantime behind him Philippe Albuquerque's on a bit of a charge he's just put his fastest lap of the race in remember Philippe in the black and flames Porsche was held up recently uh, and he's now right in behind Dakota Dickerson after that uh, incident for Dakota, bent rear wing on Dakota's car, the right rear, and also I think some steering damage. I bet his steering wheel's not straight now uh, on his sim rig back at home. Albuquerque, the first man to stop, trying to push his way further up the top 20 and closer towards the top 10. Dan Clark, who did take tyres, the highest ranked driver to take the class, he's actually gaining about a second, second and a half a lap on most laps against Christian Volti, who's running on the old tyres, but he's got to make up 23 seconds, so it's going to be a, he's not going a to difficult ask. So it, it has been proven, unless you had a problem, it has been the right move to stick, not change tyres and just take fuel. Oh, dive down the inside <laughs> at 17 from the 103 of Philippe Albuquerque through the bumps. Respect the bumps, even virtually you have to. And he goes through with the benefit of better tyres and more grip to be able to just pick a line that was a little bit tighter onto the start-finish straight. And that's a position gained by Philippe Albuquerque. He's up to 14th position. Meantime, at the front of the field, Spengler and Katzberg, the two team cars, 25 and 26. Under the hashtag putting the pressure on John he's, he's eked out by a couple of tenths every single lap for the last five or six laps. Now he's got a 2.2 second lead, having gained another tenth last lap. Uh, and uh, the hashtag stay home livery, we know what that's all about and that's why we're doing this Sebring race this way battle for six pretty close uh, as well Kenton Cook has got Shinya Mishimi coming through right on the back of his bright pink rear wing on his 911 RSR the copper coloured Porsche 
of Mashimi coming out of turn 17 and onto the front stretch. Mashimi, who in the first half of the race was drifting back compared to the other top runners, now showing that, I think, iRacing experience and that uh, Virtue experience are now catching back up with Kenton Cook. So, so yeah, he's now going to make his move through the pit, through the field, and hopefully, because Bertolotti's a little bit up the way, but he can certainly pick up this uh, sixth place, and then he's going to have a big old run to try to get Bertolotti, who's, who's in splendid isolation, Bertolotti. He's eight seconds ahead and nine seconds behind. I must have a word with Kenton Cook next time I see him because he clearly got a job lot of bright pink paint because he's even painted the wheels uh, that colour as well. I think it looks well. quite good, actually. I think <laughs> they could do that. Oh, dear. All right. OK. Hello, Alan Prosser, who is the king of the screen grab, and he has done a screen grab. That's it. This is a proper race. <laughs> Alan has done a screen grab on the bumps at turn 17 of one of the BMWs. Alan... Lanzarote Camel on uh, Twitter at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us Alan good to know that you've made the jump across from real world endurance racing watching into our virtual event this weekend 16 Ooh. call it 17 minutes to go Ben John we haven't had one of those sexy slow-mos yet I was, we've been waiting for them all race it's gone, nearly gone over an hour without a sexy slow-mo there's been too much turn. too much going on but now you've told Drew I'm sure he'll do it I'm, <laughs> I'm predicting eight laps to go when I say I'm predicting uh, the computer software uh, is the pits. Com- uh, p- computing that and Albuquerque's not getting to the end he's w- one more stop and this is fuel so he's gone for fuel. So did he miscalculate the early fuel stop there? Well, That's all I can think. He's gone for tyres as well. Perhaps his first stop was a repair. Well, A repair and a splash. Yes, could have been. Um, of more importance, Bruno Spengler has had a very, very good lap in comparison to Nicky Katzberg. He gained eight tenths of a second. So he's now got a 3.1 second lead. So Spengler um, has literally pulled the pin since the uh, pit stop. Big slide from the one of the remaining Ferraris in turn one. That's the one zero eight of Nico Rondet. And we haven't seen many Ferraris, have we? No, and of course we lost one when Joao Barbosa. And if you're joining us late and didn't hear the Michelin countdown to green, Joao Barbosa uh, out even before we got started. He had a, a sim rig problem. His steering wheel uh, went down, and that took out one of the Ferraris. Uh, so well, we've only got two left. Richard Westbrook's got one for sale. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, lovely. Slow, sexy, <laughs> slow more there from uh, Drew and the team. Uh, a big shout out, by the way, and I, I hate using that. I, let's let's do that properly. Can we offer our congratulations and thanks, please, <laughs> to the iRacing team and to all of IMSA, the competition sides, uh, Dave Sonsky, uh, and also uh, the Greg Elkin and the rest of the uh, the press side and media side of things as well, communications for getting this together and getting well over 70 drivers interested. We could only start 50 cars, but there were people on the reserve list and there'll be drivers, and I'm sure Nick Tandy is one of these. Hello, Nick. Sorry to rub it in. He was a tiny bit late getting his entry in and he'll be kicking himself because this has been an absolute cracker. And having Sage Caram uh, as the first Porsche, that will be hurting. <laughs> that will really be hurting. And, of course, we had Matt Campbell go out pretty early with contact as well. He's pretty handy on a sim, although his iRacing rating doesn't really reflect that. But I've spoken to a few people from uh, the the guys who are on the grid, Richard Creel and the rest of the team uh, from Australia, our Australian uh, uh, team who look at Australian motorsport on uh, 
Radio Show Limited Network of channels on a Thursday night on RS1. And they said that Matty Campbell is just as good on a sim as he is in the car. So Porsche at the moment only running fourth. Yeah, I mean, the thing to remember is, yeah, whilst iRacing is obviously the most established of the proper sims, there are a number of other sims available. It may be yeah, that they just yeah, he's concentrating his time on other places. But when you come here, it's very transferable skills, though. So uh, it might be a C grade, but you've actually got A grade talent. And, and whilst I'm thanking people and uh, acknowledging the effort that's gone in uh, David Pettit uh, who uh, has put so much work into this as well and uh, brought the team together well done to everybody at IMSA I was going to say at, uh, at one Daytona but of course they're all working from home at the moment and a special thank you uh, to to Drew and the rest of the team at, uh, at iRacing for helping us with the technicals and uh, talking us through it yesterday 14th and 6th two different battles 14th on the right hand side of your screen 6th on the left so on the left Kenton Cook in the pink car Shinji Mishimi in the bronze car and it's Ben Waddell and Dakota Dickinson who are battling for 14th position if you've got the split screen there as we go side by side uh, from Sebring and the VP Racing Fuel Broadcast Centre bringing you all of the play by play this weekend with uh, the Michelin post-race tech interviews still to come. And with, what, 13 minutes to go, gentlemen. Six laps to go. Let's have a final look at our Porsche keys to the race. Stay on the lead lap because we knew there was going to be no cautions called. Well, now we have got, I reckon, only about 13 or 14 cars, Nick Damon, on the lead lap. Damage, any damage has been absolutely crucial here. Yeah, it's taken people out of really it. I think that's what's... what's been most evidence whilst we've had some fantastic drives at the front the first five six seven eight the order really from eight downwards has mostly been decided by the cleanliness of how they run the faster drivers have had accidents they've been involved in incidents there's been some luck involved maybe people have had some terrible accidents with with people hitting them but it's you know it's that's what it's about the clean run is what's going to get you in the top half of the field that's it Nico Ronde in the Ferrari going very sideways through turn one. We had the sexy replay of that. Got off in turn one and then went sideways. And masterful piece of uh, avoidance. And then two cars behind. Oh, my <laughs> goodness me. That woke up whoever that was. Well, not quite enough. Drew, tell me what number that, that uh, that's one of the BMWs that went off. Uh, which I... Th- Fred and it's the 33. 33 car. Gabby Chavez. Thank you, Drew. Wow. That, would, uh... that woke Gabby Chavez up then, didn't it? Yeah, and I think he lost a position to Daniel Murad as well by doing that. Uh, so he's dropped down to ninth position now. Good, co- good call. Yeah, the seven Porsche with the works colours on, that shield colour scheme. Closest battle on the circuit at the moment is for the top six at the sixth position out at, at Tower Turn and heading down towards the Jean Dibian Benz. Vautier is right on the tail uh, of these two as well, I think, as uh, he comes through. Yeah, he's gained quite a bit of time while these two have been scrapping away onto the Ullman Strait down towards turn 17 sunset. We've been blessed with good weather and that might sound strange me saying that, but uh, talking through the logistics and the mechanics of the iRacing it could have clouded over that might have made things different we unlikely to have got rain at this time of the year because the uh, the 
programming takes into account where this track is in the world and what the weather patterns are for this time of the year. So the shadows that you're seeing at the moment, if you're watching the live feed, and if you're not, why aren't you? Live free and uninterrupted, no blocks, no breaks, uh, are exactly as it would be at this time of day today at Sebring. That is how sharp the simulation is. Gregory Leifuger into the pits in the number nine car. That'll drop him out of the top 20, but already a lap back. Spengler easing away from Katzberg in the lead now, the lead up to 3.9 seconds. It's been a, a fantastic performance by Bruno in the second half of the race. Five laps to go is what the computer says. Oh, a little mistake there by Mishimi. Kenton Cook, all kinds of experience in IMSA racing prototypes. Uh, came up through the Mazda ladder system and won championships there and got the scholarship. Really, really talented driver. Very tall lad. Too tall probably for single-seaters, but he's been a brilliant addition. Is he Matt Neal tall? Y yes. Don't yeah, me, he, he really is. He's, he's 5 foot 13. Oh, yeah. That, that, that sort of goes around. Yeah, he's that sort of height. And uh, <laughs> Alex, very... Alex Burt's insisting he was 6 foot. Very, uh, very adaptable as well. Even when he went into front-wheel drive with the TCRs, uh, Kenton immediately on the pace. Shinji Mishimi, well, he's been known in that bronze car for the Lamborghini Challenge. Dominated that a couple of three years ago and has worked his way into the other IMSA series. Let's go back and take a bit of a look for a moment ago. This is from... The visor cam, as the little mistake by Mishimi last time around down at turn seven on the brakes. The front end of the car dips. Oh, a huge sideways moment. More than a dab of Oppo there as the back end of the Porsche uh, locked up. Now, what I couldn't tell was whether that looked up on the down change or whether that was just the brakes. He might need a Ben Constantius just to push the brake bias a little bit further forward on that Porsche now as the rear tyres seem to be wearing. One of the many things that you can be adjusting constantly. Uh, they'll have their steering wheel set up so that they've got buttons that they can easily do that with uh, rather than trying to get your mouse down the corner and start picking <laughs> things. But uh, it is something that uh, plenty of different variables, much like they would have in these cars in real life, that can be changed uh, to make sure as the tyres degrade, and they'll be feeling that as well, the car is still balanced under brakes and balanced in the corners. The one I really like is they're flashing the lights to overtake as well. It's brilliant. I'm not even sure how that works virtually. You, you can program you... a button to do yeah. four yeah. flashes. But, but I'm just thinking, are you actually going to notice that if you're ahead? I mean, I, 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 suppose, it, I don't suppose the lights will actually flash the same they would in the mirror. I don't know. Yeah, no, but that's if, true. It won't reflect. It depends, it depends what view you're driving yeah. on, of course, and how much of the interior that you're looking at. But they're racing drivers. They, yes. You know it makes them feel better. Exactly. It makes it at least, <laughs> at least three tenths of a second lap faster every time you flash those lights. Because it, it used to be, that was one of the, uh, the great rules, wasn't it? You used to be able to flash as much as you like. They was down to ten, now it's down to four. Because it basically, it ended up being, being you know, WC and IMSA bullying, wasn't it, in the end? So Bruno Spengler has pulled out to three tenths of a second. Uh, let's take a lap of Sebring. Out of turn four into five, now into Big Bend. From Bruno Spengler, if you're watching, fourth, fifth, this is the visor cam. Down the back straight, a paucity of movement on the steering wheel. That big BMW is beautifully set up into turn seven. Tightest corner on the circuit, all the way down to first, second, third. Through Fangio, up towards Cunningham Corner, right-hander. 
coming up after a little left hand kink down through the gearbox to second gear just take a little bit of curb on the inside come from the middle of the road through Collier which is 11 and then the right hander sweeping right hander at 12 into tower turn at 13 don't go too wide the, the curb is there and you heard him hit it now into the through Bishop and into Jean de Bian the sweeping serpentine corners at the far side of the circuit and then all the way off the track to the left hand side there's plenty of rubber down there now to open out turn 16 which is Le Mans and onto the Ullman straight it's the Ullman family of course who brought this circuit into being for racing after its duty as a World War II fighter training base was at an end down towards turn 17 coast it in and then break it get the balance down into third 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 gear that BMW is riding the bumps so well let's go through turns one two and three as well so we can say we've done a full lap across the stripe underneath the Chevrolet walkover bridge and down towards the fearsome turn one perhaps that's the only place where the BMW looked a little bit nervous and Bruno Spengler was having just to balance the steering and the throttle through two and three into turn four and now Nick Damon's nemesis turn five and he gets through that and that was a lap at 157.8 or thereabouts what I notice from that Ben Constant Juris is what a stable platform that M8 GTLM is and I've just thought about something we, we were I was watching Sebastian Prio uh, on Instagram setting up his Ford GT for this race and spending lots of lots of time over the week uh, getting laps in but also changing the settings of the car a lot of our competitions that we're seeing right now on esports uh, are using fixed setups but here on the IMSA race we are allowing the drivers to have uh, the setup that they need the setup they want uh, for their particular car how much detail in the setup has gone from the BMW engineers into Spengler and Katzberg's cars in comparison to some of the other drivers a bit further down I'd be very interested to know. BMW Motorsport, you're on our YouTube channel, so tell us, how, mm. much, uh, how much impact have you put in? Yeah, I bet they've done a lot. Gabby Chavez goes straight on. Does he hit the tyres? He does hit the tyres. That was at Cunningham Corner at Turn 10. Always a big, rowdy, but good-natured crowd around that area of the circuit. Does he get away without damage? I'm not sure. No. He might have. Uh, I'm indebted, by the way, to John De Geese, who quite some time ago, and John, sorry, I've only just seen this because I've uh, been running so many screens. Um, he's absolutely right, of course, that uh, Ben was talking about Lando Norris um, being um, uh, coming, coming to watch. Well, Lando has done the Rolex 24 just two years ago with Philip Hansen. And... Uh, Fernando Alonso so Lando you're in mate <laughs> I'm sorry I'd forgotten all about that in all of the excitement uh, of this 50 driver race so keep an eye open for one Lando Norris in future and I'm indebted to John De Geese who uh, reminded me of that John De Geese of sports car 365 well either Katzberg's making it interesting or Spengler's easing off for the last couple of laps because the, uh, the lead's come down from just shy of four seconds to 2.6 there's a car in between the two BMWs and it's uh, it's one of the Fords so that's going to be being lapped and moves out of the way the pink Ford uh, as all the Fords have had a, as, a, as all the Ferraris have not really managed to show and it's been a, a BMW and a Porsche benefit but mostly a BMW benefit 
Yeah, the Fords have run out of steam. The Ferrari challenge never really got going with Joao Barbosa, one of their leading lights, not getting uh, to the start with technical problems on his steering wheel. And the best of the Porsches, well, fourth on downwards. There's plenty of them in the top ten, Nick uh, and Ben, in terms of the Porsches, but they have not had the pace. Ben Constantinus of the BMWs. It looks like... Uh, washout a blue and white washout on the podium at the moment yeah what, what's slightly sad about that is that the uh the fords would have been very very competitive as well but we lost so many of them in accidents early on in the race so unfortunately we don't get a chance to see how they perform ferrari is not known to be the car to have and therefore uh, we didn't really see any top ferraris porsche versus bmw but bmw somehow have really sorted this one out and uh you know, it's a big, heavy car, but as you observed riding on board with uh, Spengler and Katzberg, it's just so stable over the bumps and, and into those turns. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head earlier. There's been some uh, impressive setup work maybe coming to the last minute because they are actually leading by 35 seconds the wow. to, before the first non-BMW car. And that is then and the start. And that's Sage Karam. Yes, it is Sage Karam, exactly. The highest rated driver. He and Shinja Mishimi, the only two with... 5,000 or better averages uh, in this race. They've played the tactical game, but they haven't had the pace. We're on the last lap now of the IMSA Super Saturday event here on iRacing with IMSA Radio and IMSA TV bringing the community together. What a cracker it's been. I really kind of wish we were going on for another couple of hours here to see more strategy uh, playing out. We haven't had the two driver changes either as well, of course. This has been a single driver event. But from the drop of the green flag some 90 minutes ago, it has been all about BMW and the guys at the front of the field, Spengler and Katzberg, have swapped positions. But other than that, they've not been challenged by anyone else uh, without a Munich-badged car. Final lap then, so let's take some final thoughts from you, Nick Damon, with half a lap to go. Um, it's just flown by, hasn't it? The 90 minutes just disappeared without even realising it was happening. Fantastic performance by the BMWs, and I think, to echo what Ben said earlier, desperate bad luck for the Fords, and uh, the Porsches have just made up the bulk of the cars. They do in every insurance race these days. Well, 20 BMWs, 20 Porsches, six Fords and three Ferraris took the start. Actually, you can knock one of those Ferraris out. It was only two, wasn't it, as João Barbosa? But it's only been about the two at the front. They're over eight seconds ahead of the competition, and it will be Bruno Spengler who takes the IMSA Sebring Super Saturday in style for the number 25 BMW hashtag. Stay at home, goes across and wins it from his teammate Nicky Katzberg in second and making it an all-Munich podium. That will be the number 24 of Jesse Krohn, eight and a half minutes back. Sage Karam is the best of the rest as he is yet to come through. Now, here he comes into the final corner. Sage Karam. I was just slightly worried about the pace of the Porsche down the back straight, the Ullman straight, but it will be Sage Karam, the top-rated driver here, who is the most unlucky first off the podium. And behind him, a plethora of Porsches with Merkel Bortolotti in the triple eight in fifth. Kenton Cook will come through in sixth after a great battle in the last third of the race with Shinja Mishimi in the bronze car who comes through sixth. Kenton Cook 
just clipping the wall there and almost taking the leaders out as he does his flick turn with the very shiny pink wheels. Mishimi in seventh, Daniel Morad in eighth position for Porsche, Tristan Vautier in ninth with the 85 car and Gabby Chavez makes up the top ten. Quick word for uh, Speedy Dan Clark, started 26th and finished 11th, by far the biggest mover, but three BMWs lined up on the front straight, looks absolutely brilliant, congratulations to them, they've taken this very seriously indeed, take a breath, but stay with us, the Michelin Post Race Tech Show with some driver interviews comes up with the full uh, rundown of the uh, with the full rundown of the results in just a moment's time. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com. The chequered flag ends the race, but not the race talk. Have your say. Ask the experts. Make your point. Post-race tech. The end of the race is only the beginning. Welcome to Mission and Post Race Tech after an extraordinary opening event to our IMSA iRacing year here at Sebring. Bruno Spengler from Nicky Katzberg and Jesse Kron, the blue and white of BMW, over five Porsches. And then two more BMWs. So the two German marks exactly sharing the top ten with Sage Karam, the best of the non-BMWs. Then Bertolotti, Kenton Cook, Shinya Mishimi, Daniel Morad and Tristan Vautier. And we'll get a word with some of those drivers at the moment here in the VP Racing Fuels Broadcast Centre. And the uh, Michelin Post Race Tech, Nick Damon and Ben Constanturas stay with us as we just wait for the drivers to uh, join us. And uh, Drew, I'm going to put you live to the world. So you shout up when the uh, drivers are there. Everyone else will hear you as well. Uh, First of all, congratulations to everybody involved uh, in this. The uh, guys producing the pictures, you were stars. Thank you. Uh, Beyond the top ten. Plenty of, action. Uh, plenty of action, Daniel Clark we mentioned. Let's have a quick word with Jerome Bleakerolland. Hi, Jerome. It's hanged off here in the VP Racing Fuels Broadcast Centre. Did you enjoy that? 33rd, not the result you wanted. Hello, Jerome. Can you hear us? All right, we'll find someone else. Okay, thank you very much. This is just, just like the... The media scrum I, I around just, the, just, you recognise this, I don't just you? kind of feel I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm bashing the microphone going, why aren't you working? Why aren't you working? I'm talking to John. I'm talking to John. No, it's 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 exactly the media scrum always behind the uh, the issues. Uh, Jarrett Andretti barely got started, uh, hit the corner, uh, the inside corner at uh, turn one. Uh, but today has all been about BMW. Been some big names in there. The Fords didn't get amongst it. Richard Westbrook went early as well, of course. And some of the young charges like Roman De Angelis never really got into the race. Uh, Dan Clark in 11th, Tom O'Gorman 12th, Corey Lewis 13th, Ben Waddell in 14th. 
A good Porsche group there as well. Dakota Dickerson recovering to 15th after a couple of incidents. Philippe Nazar, 16th. Philippe Albuquerque tried the early stop, got him into 17th position ahead of Michael Lewis in 18th. Nico Rondé Ferrari in 19th. And Jeff Siegel wound up 20th in the number 69. That's how they finished. Uh, let's have your comments Nicky as Gatsby's well. Nicky with you. Uh, from uh, at Imza, at, for at IMSA Radio, hashtag Mission and PRT. Nicky Katzberg, welcome to the VP Fuels and Broadcast Centre. And welcome Bruno. Nicky, uh, hey. you, you first of all, second position. You uh, you led plenty of that race. Was there a bit of team orders going on there, Nicky? No, unfortunately not. I uh, I made a mistake and, and, and Bruno was the stronger man today, unfortunately. But... Uh, this was uh, so much fun, and I, I never mind losing against Bruno. Uh, you guys, Bruno, put a lot of work in there. I mean, how much went into tuning the car? How much went into tuning your setup uh, and your, your sim rig? I know you two guys have been working hard on this. Yeah, we have uh, we have great support from from BMW, so we did a lot of work on on the setup, and uh, we have some some guys on the radio, even engineering team, uh, looking at our fuel and, and and looking at all the numbers, helping with the setup. So honestly, we we have great support from from BMW, and um, yeah, as as in. In our rigs, I think we all have good equipment. Bruno's equipment is a little bit better. It gives him about two tenths per lap, but no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, guys, it seemed as though the BMW M8 GTLM was very good on its tyres and its fuel. Uh, and uh, Bruno, it, it looked like it was a very stable platform. We always say respect the bumps at Sebring, but we went for an onboard lap with you in the last third of the race. And even with your starting tyres on, the car looked really, really stable. Um, yeah, I mean... First of all, um, I have to say it's great to organize such an event because in those difficult times we are uh, experiencing right now, um, it's amazing to from IMSA to organize something like this. I was very happy to be part of it. It was something very special. Um, and I, when I crossed start finish, it felt um, it felt real, you know. I had goosebumps everywhere, and it was a very special victory. So we had a great team behind us. Um, from BMW side, as um, as Nicky mentioned, it was a good fight with him. The guys behind us, Alexander Voss and um, Lauren Heinrich, they were great guys and supporting us, pushing us. So it's a whole team result. Um, and as you said, you know, over the distance, um, I was consistent, uh, could drive some consistent lap times. Although I had a mistake, almost lost the car in turn 16. Um, I think my heartbeat went up to 200 at the time probably, but. It's difficult, you know. It was a tough race. I'm sweating like crazy, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, fastest lap of the race and the win. Bruno, Nicky, thank you very much indeed. Hope to see you back for the next one. Uh, Jesse Cron, I think, uh, can join us uh, as well. Made it a 1-2-3 for BMW. Congratulations, Jesse. Did you enjoy that? Hello, Jesse. Are you there? Hello, Jesse Cron. Are you there? Yes, I'm here, I'm here. Sorry, Jesse. Um, one, two, three for BMW, third place. You were only nine seconds or so off at the end, just didn't have the pace of the other two guys today. Yeah, I think uh, a little little bit, uh, not enough uh, pace at the end. I was pushing at the end and, and I was catching a little bit, but too little too late. Uh, overall, super happy that, that we got a one 
one, two, three with all, all three BMW drivers. So it was uh, a really good race. How did you decide on the strategy? There was a couple of people. Philippe Albuquerque went in pretty much straight away and did fuel and tyres after about half an hour, 30 minutes. You guys went right to the end of uh, of the fuel and, did ty- and didn't do tyres. Excuse me. Um, how did you decide on that strategy? Had you done some full race simulations? Yeah, well, that's why I was sort of pacing the beginning of the race because I did a did a test where I double stinted the tires or stint and a half and it was really slippery at the end of the stint so I knew I had to pace it but I paced it a little bit too much so overall we knew that after testing that the the quicker strategy was not to take tires and pit right at the end uh, end of the fuel window because when you're running in the front obviously you stay in the front if you if you run the fuel Um, a lot of people tweeting in uh, at uh, IMSA Radio using PRT, um, the uh, uh, Michelin PRT, asking um, what is the experience like, Yessi, uh, uh, as opposed to actually being at the track? That was an hour and a half, so that's like a stint and a half you you would have done. You're not getting shaken around a much, but I, I suspect the concentration levels were just as high as, as if you'd been in the race car. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's no room for any errors, especially... At the end of your stint, uh, the tires are really starting to drop. So you really have to push into to what you're doing. And, and the concentration le- level is just as high as in a real race car without the physical aspect of it. Oh, actually, uh, I'm running my, uh, my wheelbase quite stiff, so my, I can feel it on my wrists. Uh, so even that's, that's so, sort of there. Well, it's brilliant stuff, Yessie. Will you be back to do it again? And, and have you got any ideas about where you can find out those 11 seconds to the leader on 9.3 back to, to Nicky? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm quite new to this uh, racing. I've done sort of practice before every every IMSA weekend, every now and again, but I've never been actually into, into full racing. So I, I fully enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Thank you for IMSA for putting this together. And uh, as soon as there's another one organised, I'm in. Okay, mate. Well done. Thank you very much indeed. Jesse Cron joining us on the uh, Michelin post-race tech. Uh, Lots of uh, really positive comments coming through to at IMSA Radio using the hashtag MichelinPRT. Turner Motorsport didn't have the best day, but they said, when we were talking about, I wish we'd gone for a couple more hours, they said, this exceeded our expectations and we agree. We can't thank IMSA, iRacing uh, and our drivers uh, enough. Stay tuned for more E blue and E yellow. That sounds like the rest thing to do. We're putting E in front of everything. So E, thank you very much for being with us for this. Ben Constantinus and Nick Damon were with me, John Hindoff in the VP Fuel IMSA Broadcast Centre. And up in London, our executive producer was Tim Gray getting us to the world. It was Drew and the team at Uh, iRacing who put this all together along with IMSA join us for the next one and on Midweek Motorsport Wednesday 8 o'clock UK we'll be back with two more hours of Motorsport Chat I'm John Hindoff enjoy the rest of your Sunday thanks for being with us on IMSA Super Saturday bye bye
This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.